I will not forget one line of this. Not one day. I swear. I will always remember when the doctor was me. as he travels the vortex and land episode number 157 no wait i'm sorry there's been an unscheduled faith change we are now hopping through the hyperspace i'm keith i'm sean i'm Len. welcome to the star wars podcast <laughs> how are you guys shocked <laughs> Stand oh, by. I didn't come prepared. <laughs> it was an unscheduled faith change. I'm sorry. I have to you cannot uh, schedule these things in advance. Let, let me let me uh, shift gears. Hold on. Okay, my remarks are now prepared. <laughs> We're going to talk the force tonight. <laughs> oh, just kidding. We're still traveling the vortex. Keith might not now, though. He might be done with Dark View forever. Well, this is, this is Christmas was the day the show died to me. <laughs> <laughs> I kid. I kid. How was your guys' Christmas? <laughs> Quick impression for you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> I worked. So <laughs> Actually, the, I've been off several Christmases in a row, and so this is the first one I worked on a long, long time. So this was the first time that we didn't go to my dad's Christmas because we go there every year. And uh, while I missed everybody and, and missed actually being there for Christmas – it was actually kind of nice to get up because usually we're either traveling the night before and getting up early, or getting up super early. When, when you work on the, Christmas, traveling the day of, your Christmases are either more spread out or just less hectic. Yeah, exactly. And so it was really nice to get up. We didn't get up at the crack of dawn this time. We, you know, the kids were chomp. Well, Mason was chomping at the bit to get up because Santa had come. Well, yeah. But uh, we didn't have to, you know, get up early. We slept in just a little bit until. Mason couldn't stand it anymore, and got up. <laughs> How and late able- is couldn't stand it anymore? Uh, eight. Oh, you got 30, in late then. Eight fifteen, I think. That's the latest wow. I slept. You on got to Christmas, really sleep you know? in. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I mean, even Caitlin got up uh, when we get. We actually, after Holly and I got up, we knocked our door, said, we're, "Mason wants to open his presents." So. <laughs> um, yeah, so we got up and it was just a real casual morning. The kids opened presents and got their stuff out of their stockings and. And Holly and I opened our gift from Santa, and we got a griddle, electric griddle. Yes. And so after the kids were done, and immediately I beelined to the kitchen, I said, what can I cook on my griddle? And luckily we had a, we had a package of pancakes. It's just one of those pre-mixes that you pour in and add water. And oh, yeah. So we made pancakes, and after we were done, I thought, God, I wish really we had some bacon. So. Anyway, I uh, decided that Holly and I wanted sodas, so I ran to Quick Shop, and lo and behold, they sell bacon at Quick Shop. So I grabbed a stack of bacon. I took it home, and I said, I really want to use this thing again. So I fried up some bacon. So as the kids got the karaoke machine out, because we did karaoke, Christmas karaoke, um, I fried up some bacon, and we had karaoke and bacon. So. Not to completely dash your hopes and dreams for your griddle, but I've discovered the way to cook bacon. Microwave. You bake it. Bake it? I've tried that oven. before and it's stuck to my baking. You, you got you to foil uh, it. Foil, yeah. I've, I've stuck it to I, I, think I, I, I would be afraid it would stick to foil, too. Yeah. No, it, you, you, you buy the really thick cut sliced bacon and you line your thing with foil and you put it in there and you bake it for like and 20 first, minutes. I guess. I don't, I don't. Number one, don't want to wait that long. Number <laughs> well, two, I deal. like to have control over how soggy my bacon is and how overcooked the Holly's is. 
So that's the nice thing about the griddle is I you can like pull mine off because it. I like it soft, and she likes it like. See, I like crisp beef bacon. Jerky. I like crispy. No, I don't like beef jerky, but I like crisp bacon. But you, you pull you pull it out twenty minutes later, and you you got to pull it out of the grease and then pour all that out. But you pat it down, and oh man, it was good. Well, the nice thing about this this griddle is it's got one of those kickstands on the one side. And it's got a hole on the other end oh, with a drip tray. Nice. And so, yeah, you kick it up, and it kind of George Foreman grills on you. The grease runs down, so you don't nice. have all that. You don't have it burning in that grease, you know, and overcooking that grease on there. And, of course, it's got that Teflon service, so it, it just wipes right off. Oh, and you yeah. Any problem with it. But so, yeah, the kids got uh, little tablets, little computer tablets. Um, oh, they're they're cool. not high-dollar ones, but they, they work well for what they do. Mostly got them for trips, long trips. If they want to watch movies, they don't have to watch the same movie on the same DVD player. Not to fight over what yeah. they watch. Um, and then uh, just got some random presents for the kids, and then we just spent just a kind of a relaxing moment morning <laughs> doing nothing, and, and uh, then I went to work in the afternoon. So, and uh, did you have a good weekend. So I'm trying to think if weekend? I got. I did. Um, I talked a little bit about that last week because I had already done a lot of my Christmas. But what else did I get? Oh, um, my cousin. We draw names in my dad's family every year. So my cousin Chrissy got my name this year, and she got me this really cool Roar of the Worlds book that uh, talks about the behind the scenes, the making of. Uh, it covers the movies. It covers H.G. Wells. Um, uh, yeah, the radio program, obviously. And, and it's got the original script for the radio program. It has the original script, and it has the actual radio program on a CD in the back. Oh, that's very cool. So, um, oh, it's and got some of those excerpts, too. The, and, the, and, and a nice bend in the paper. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's all right. <laughs> Sean knocked it off the table. I'm so sorry. Not a big deal. And then uh, she got me a Doctor Who clock. That has all 12 doctors, and at the top at 12 o'clock is the TARDIS. So. Is Grumpy Doctor on it? No, he's not on there. No, this is the 50th anniversary clock before the War Doctor was introduced. So, yeah. so it's only got 11. Done all, it's 11 Doctors and then the TARDIS. And the TARDIS, yeah. And so that's cool. So I actually, I've been rearranging my office today because I'm going to consolidate a bunch of the stuff I don't use. We're putting a garage sale and throwing a bunch of stuff away. I've got this really oversized desk that I don't need in there, and mm-hmm. Holly needs more room for her crafting. So I've decided to consolidate my area to a smaller desk because I don't you I, we use our laptops upstairs now so we hardly use the desktop but I'm gonna consolidate that to put the desktop down there and leave it down there and then I can work on my Doctor Who corner of the office down there so I put my clock up so my clock spurred me into <laughs> working on that project so uh, other than that I, didn't I got a clock other... and now I have to have a garage sale <laughs> that's what I heard. <laughs> Another garage sale. Oh, I love to have garage sales, though. I can't. I don't. I don't like to do more than two a year. But I love to have garage sales because while they're a pain in the butt to put them together, the payoff is so much so nice because you get rid of all that stuff. You make a little extra money. It's wonderful. Um, I may have some stuff for your garage sale. Oh, all right. Well, throw it away. <laughs> no, I can't. I can't. Especially some of the stuff that I in fact, throw it away. I threw a bunch of electronic equipment today because I kept thinking because I, I I'm such a pack rack when it becomes when it comes to electronics and and cords and wiring and things like that because I my granddad was the same way. My dad's a little bit like this. I always think I'll have a use for You'll it. You'll have sometime. a use for it someday. Yeah. I'll have a use for it someday. And as soon as I get rid of it, I won't use it. So today I fought the urge to keep everything, and I went through and stuff that I that like I had a um, a uh, graphic or not a graphics card a uh, capture card 
that or a capture device that you used to plug into that went into an old serial port. <laughs> and I went, nobody's even going to have a computer anymore to use this. So I hucked it instead of putting it in the garage cell. <laughs> and a bunch of old cables and cords and stuff. And I was like, you know, I, so I had a pile of keep and I had a pile of garage sale that I knew people would see and buy. And I had a pile of just throw it away because nobody's going to be able to use it. <laughs> and I took a whole huge bag of trash and uh, Stuff that I threw away out, so I was actually pretty proud of myself. But good for you. But kept the. I mean, there's the, the stuff that I knew would sell. I kept kept that, put that in the garage sale tub. So we've always got a perpetual garage t- sale corner of our shed, <laughs> and anything that doesn't sell goes back in there. Anything we collect throughout the course of the year goes in tubs and goes out there. And then it, you know that way it's already ready to go. The nice thing about it too is. We've got stuff in tubs that isn't marked, but we have stuff in tubs that's already marked. And unless we need to mark it down, we don't have to do anything with it. We can just pull it back out. So it, it, we've got, actually got it down to a, you got a, a science, yeah, a system now, so it works out. Uh, that was pretty much it. And then uh, let's see. Cried a little bit on uh, Christmas Eve or Christmas night. But that's it. <laughs> didn't do much else. Uh, didn't do my list. this weekend. Oh, I watched Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Oh, which thing? You've seen it before. No? You didn't know? Oh, no, you didn't like it. Did not, did like, not it. like it. No, no. Um, the reason I watched it is because you said you guys watched it. Something wrong with Gwen. You said you watched your, your Christmas movie. Oh, wow. <laughs> Christmas. And I went, oh. And so so <laughs> Christmas, Christmas night when I got home, I thought, well, I'd already, I'd already, I came home for dinner to watch Doctor Who and so uh, on my dinner break. And so I thought, well, I don't have anything to do tonight. I'll watch a Christmas movie. I'll watch Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. <laughs> I still got it. I think I corrected myself as it was set, it's set at Christmas. It's, it's one of that's that's exactly what it is. It's it's a, it's, a, it's like Die Hard. It's, it's no, set at Christmas. No, Chris, no, Die Hard is a Christmas movie because Christmas is important to that film. Oh, okay. Christmas is not important to this. It just happens to take place at Christmas time, which is fine. I mean, if you want to set a movie at Christmas, okay, it's, it's that's more like okay. Iron Man three. Um, Ironically, yeah, it's more like Iron Man. Well, 3. it's set at Christmas. yes, yes, yes. Yeah, Iron Man three is well, not a Christmas movie. Iron Man three, movie. It's it's there's that whole thing with the bu- giant bunny in the present. Well, that's kind of plot related. Yeah, so, see, <laughs> it had to be Christmas for Die Hard to be a Christmas movie. It had to be Christmas because he had he was coming back. He was coming back for Christmas. Yeah, it was coming for Christmas. It's a Christmas movie. Iron Man three, even though it incorporates Christmas, it's just set at Christmas time. So yeah. there's there's a criteria. Nineteen forty one. I thought you were comp- set at comparing. Christmas. Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. The only comparison is it's at Christmas directed by Shane Black and it has Robert Downey Jr. in it. That's it. Oh, it, it's, it's a great movie. movie. It's not a great oh, movie. Oh, it is such a great movie. It, it, there's so many moments of that that just make me laugh. That's, laugh. There's where it comes down. Is it's For me, it's like Anchorman. There are iconic moments of Anchorman that I absolutely love and laugh every time. Overall, it's a horrible, overrated movie. The same thing with Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Nobody. I found pieces in it that I absolutely I, I thought were hilarious, Kiss, and the chemistry, the chemistry, the chemistry. People don't, don't even know it No, but every time you find somebody that likes it, they really like that movie. And so the chemistry between Robert Downey Jr. and uh, Val, Kilmer. Val Kilmer is fantastic, and every time they're on the screen together, it's quite enjoyable. But overall, the story is, sucks. It's 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 it wants to be what it's trying to be is that mystery writer pulp fiction novel, but it's modernized. And that gal, while she is one of the most beautiful creatures I've ever seen in the world, she is the dumbest character in that whole movie. She is an idiot and continues to get herself in trouble but over and over. But again. that fits the pulp detective story. And her and Robert Downey Jr. had no business being together, and. Uh, 
They just they did not work. They didn't have any chemistry. It did, it just ugh. the thoughts and opinions of Glenn are his and his alone. Oh, they are. He can be <laughs> reached are. at Glenn at travelingthevortex.com. Really, I haven't been impressed by her as an actor <clears throat> anywhere. I haven't seen her in much. I think the only other thing was I've one seen her in was Source Code. Okay. See, that's the one. This is the thing I've seen her in the most. I've seen her in something else where she was a smaller role, but I can't remember what it was. And it might have even been a TV show. Now that I think it's a good it. movie. No, God, it's not. I like it a lot. But it's funny because you loaned it to me like eons ago. And I think I even gave it back. You did. And then I found it streaming online to watch it this weekend. But you still, I, I checked your card. You still have The Mist and one of the Chronicles of Narnia, which yes. is also a Christmas movie. The first I, one, anyways. I hadn't thought of that. Santa. You don't get yeah. any more Christmas. When Santa shows up, it's Christmas movie. Because <laughs> I was fighting real hard. Can we watch something other than Polar Express at work today, boss? I can't handle this Uncanny Valley people <laughs> starting to bug me. It's, it's not a Christmas movie, but it has a very integral part of Christmas in it, which is Father Christmas. Yeah. But he just happens to live in our Narnia. I think I'm, I'm sorry. Christmas and Christian. Best, best Santa Claus ever because he shows up and hands out swords. Yeah. yeah. Wow. <laughs> All right. You should pop in Rise of the Guardians. Should oh, yeah. That was totally a Christmas, Christmas movie. movie. I didn't even think of that one. That's an every holiday movie. Well, I'm done now. We don't anyway, have to watch them anymore. So. Kiss Kiss Bang Bang gets one star on my list. I'll give it a, I'll give it a star and a half for some of the moments in it that were really good. But. <laughs> The, the, For those of you in the Midwest, sorry we swore so much. <laughs> the, the narrative of it was a neat <coughs> concept. I like the fact that oh, man, I really Robert Downey Jr. Yeah, he keeps going back because he's trying. It's like everybody tells a story. It's just like everybody. It's like when your father tells a story and he forgets the, it's not that important part. Or your father tells a joke. Is that what he said? Yeah. Yeah, his father tells a joke and he has to go back. Um, yeah. Yeah. I didn't watch much Doctor Who other than... There's probably not much left for you to watch. I think. No, I'm, I'm, I'm... You've got to be burned out almost no, at this point. No, I've only watched first Doctor stuff. I did watch a couple of second Doctor ones. But, oh, I did start watching Mind of Evil. I forgot. I haven't gotten through it yet, but because it's six, stories, six episodes. Mm. <laughs> and I, I'm going to say it now, because we'll revisit it when we get there, but... I have, you guys are going to go, duh, but watching Mind of Evil, I finally realized how much John Pertwee's era is just him and the master and the master trying to use device of the week to take over the world and can get caught. That's just really all Pertwee's era is, especially any of the ones in that season with the master until Doug Otto left or died, I guess. Uh, it's, it's, <laughs> it's the doctor. The master's disguised. The master's revealed. The master has some plan he's worked out with some other faction. <laughs> the, the, the master screws it up and gets captured or runs away. That's all that that season is. That particular season. That's, in that's one, I think one of the reasons why I really like the, the uh, Anthony Ainley later versions because he, he just shows he, up. He varies his. I mean, he's still in disguise at times, but you know, he just. Yeah, most still he, there, he but almost, it's varied up a bit. He, he gets to the point where <laughs> he's just, just like, ta-da! <laughs> it's like, yay! <laughs> Maybe it's just that it's not as frequent in that season. It's very frequent with Delgado. It is, in fact. Well, is that one season? In every, season, every episode. Every yeah. episode. And I think Mindy Eel's in that season, that yeah. same season. So, Because uh, I know if I watched that season from beginning to end, <laughs> I'd get really tired <laughs> of that. So it's probably good that we're bouncing back into that season every once in a while. <laughs> but because we watched... The demons not too long before I watched this. It's like, yeah. oh, here we go again. 
the, the again, <laughs> what rescues? I feel like you need to have doc- when you watch Doctor Who, especially some of these, you got to have your magic eight ball so that you can go. Is the master going to team up with this weird alien race? Signs point to yes. Is he going to get screwed over by them? Signs point to yes. Is he going to have to team up with the doctor and ultimately defeat them? Oh, that's the other. That's the other formula. That's it. He always needs the doctor to help him out. Which I guess what makes it so ironic. What do you mean, outcome cloudy? Come back later. <laughs> Which makes it so ironic in the uh, five doctors that he's the one starting out to, to be the one to help out the doctor. Anyway, he <laughs> doesn't team up with yeah, anybody. Either. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's all. That's it. That's all I got. I didn't have anything else this week, other than uh, well, I'll, I'll throw this out there too because I imagine one of you guys will talk about Legacy. But I've been playing a lot of Doctor Who Legacy recently. What do you I, mean that bejeweled game? I saw that the uh, the, the girls by the girls I mean Brittany, uh, Chrissy, and uh, Rachel actually did a Google Hangout and played Legacy <laughs> while they were doing that Google Hangout. All three of them were just- wow. <laughs> anyway, we've been playing a lot. So uh, Mason's been playing on my iPad since I got it, and he just plays off because it's it's a relatively simple game for him to do. He can't get very far when it when he gets higher in the levels. It, is really difficult for him, but he, he doesn't care to go through the levels. He's just going through and playing because it's fun. Caitlin picked it up last night because I was playing it, and she got into it and really started playing. So she was able to start leveling up those characters, so they're kind of co-playing now and open up some levels that he hadn't opened up yet. So we've all been playing this over the course of the weekend. And so tonight, Mason's playing on my iPad, and I'm playing on the iPhone. And it's like, oh, I didn't, ah, darn it, he didn't drop this time. I didn't get him, blah, 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 blah. And so finally he goes, all right. Where's the directions? And, she's in it. and I looked over and I said, what are you doing? She goes, I downloaded the game. <laughs> so she tried it. She did the directions. She played for two and a half hours. <laughs> so she's hooked. <laughs> so my entire household is now playing Doctor Who Legacy. And I guess it's the race is on to see who gets over it. <laughs> She blew through. She blew past the kids. She's like unlocked levels of kids aren't even close to yet. So <laughs> nice, yeah. So and I mean, she's just a casual Doctor Who fan. So <laughs> the the appeal of the game is wide reaching. Wide reaching, yes, very much so. All right, I'm done. <laughs> Sean, how was your Christmas slash weekend? It was pretty good. Um, I worked a lot on the lead up to it, and then had Christmas Day off because we were closed. And um, so we slept in and got up and did our kind of Christmas. And then Mel went and picked up the kids and brought them over, the ones that are not at home, uh, and uh, did Christmas with them. And then she took them home. And I kind of made the comments, like, you know, in a way it's kind of nice that I don't got to go anywhere. (laughs) I've reached that stage. Now you can come to Grandpa's house and have Christmas, you know. (laughs) You come to me now. I kind of like that. Of course, I I went to my dad's uh, Christmas Eve after I got off work. Um, And then uh, we're going to do something. What time did you guys close Christmas Eve? Uh, Closed at 6. It's not bad. So then, of course, 6.30, by the time we got out of there. But um, Yeah, so we did did good. Um, I got uh, got Shada. Ooh. DVD. For Mel, the DVD. And uh, we, we realized we had a very vintage stock Christmas because pretty much everything we opened is like, I know where you got that. You got Shada? Just, wow, that's been a long time since that came out. I'm surprised that you waited so long on that one. Uh, not my choice. Ooh, price tag. Ooh, price tag. Yeah. But, um, well, because it's good. 
30 years in the it's, well, yeah, it's got three discs to it, too. So, but yeah, so Mel got and me the shot McGann, up. Uh, yeah, and, and the webisode. Yeah. And pretty much everything but the Levine It's a, it's cut, a jam-packed so. set. It's just <clears throat> a lot for an episode that never aired. <laughs> <laughs> Let me get this straight. <laughs> three DVDs of stuff that for an episode that never showed up. Cool. Um, so I got that, and I got... Uh, uh, I got a couple more of the vinyl figs, and I got uh, I got Injustice, Gods Among Us. Ooh, the DC, that's a DC game. The DC game. DC it's it's, more, it's game. Mortal Kombat, but it's all DC. Well, it's made by the guys from Mortal Kombat. <laughs> yeah, and <coughs> I've heard really good things about the game. You'll have to excuse me. I'm just getting over this cold, yeah, and as I was sick. telling them earlier, it's all just coming out now. <laughs> I feel much better. I feel great. I've got energy, but it's just everything's trying to get out of my body now. <laughs> so there'll be a lot of coughing and sniffling. But it's Mass Exodus. It's glorious. Yeah. <laughs> it's glorious. It's glorious. The special move for Batman is he, you know, does all his he throws a batarang and it explodes and he hits the guy in the face and does something else and then he keys up his thing and jumps out of the way and the Batmobile comes in and knocks the guy over. <laughs> <and it's> like, <laughs> <laughs> so it very much appeals to the lower level uh <laughs> base instincts of my violent <laughs> reptile brain. And I love it. Um and then uh, I got Mellow Connect. And she's too sick to play it. <laughs> so she's really going out of her gourd. That sucks. She's uh, got a sinus infection now. So we were over there. She earlier. cannot win. She yeah. cannot win. And the, the, she was watching Burn Notice on Netflix, and it just randomly paused. We were all kind of talking, and she was like, "I don't know why this paused. What's going on?" And then we we're probably like, "It's the voice commands for the connect." <laughs> she's like, "Oh yeah, I'm not used to that yet." Oh, I didn't think about that. <laughs> Did somebody say pause? Or must have. If it hears too much noise, does it stop? You're not watching me. <laughs> does it do that? I don't That's know. Kind of I, I don't, I don't know if it does, or if I, somebody might have said pause. I don't know. Hmm. Microsoft is always watching. <laughs> but uh, so we know we had a, we had a good Christmas, and then uh, the the creme de la creme, and uh, I, I teased her about it. But it was kind of tucked all the way down in the bottom of my stocking. I don't know if you guys might remember my little ray gun mm-hmm. keychain. Oh, yeah, from and last year. Pew, pew, right? And it was the greatest thing ever. Ago, or was it last year? It was just last year. It was the greatest thing ever, and I loved it. I thought it was last year. Yeah, I think it was last year. But, uh, well. It broke, right? It broke. Yeah. It fell off my keychain. Oh, oh, I don't think I knew that. Oh, yeah. The, 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 something happened to the thing, and it fell off the keychain, and then it got run over by a car. I mean, it just. <laughs> you, I cannot describe the level of polarized. He loved it so much and took so much care of it. Mel had my keys. (laughs) (laughs) Interestingly enough, at the same time that she did that, she also lost the key to my bike lock. I haven't been able to ride my bike since then either because I can't find the spare key. Anyway, so yeah, it's it's one of the big ones. It's you know so. Um, oh, the bars? Yeah. Oh, God. And it's on the bike, so I can't no. go anywhere with it until so I... So lock cutters won't work. No, I gotta... Well, I'm gonna have the to, right one. I'm gonna have to cart the bike somewhere and have a... <laughs> the hacksaw. <laughs> yeah, you know, that, that thing. You could, hack, you could hacksaw through it. It'd take a little while, but you could do it. Whenever you're available, you come over and... I'll get a hacksaw, because I don't have one. <laughs> <laughs> Did you have one in your garage sale somewhere? Mm-hmm. In your shed? <laughs> I don't sell tools. Are you kidding? I'm a man. I hoard those. Unless I have two, then I give one to Mason. Uh, you are the most manly of, of us. If, if, if any, if, I'm sorry. If, if any of the three of us were going to own tools, it, I guess that's it, it, would, true. it would be you. Yeah, I mean, 
I have that's a not a necessity a though because I actually own my house. <laughs> I, be, I had a drill. I don't set. have a handyman to <laughs> fix the stuff for me. Let's, I gotta figure it out myself. Let's be honest. Keith and I own screwdrivers, <laughs> but they do this. <laughs> I used to have a power drill, and now it's at my dad's. He con- he, he confiscated it. Well, you weren't using it. <laughs> I, <laughs> <wasn't> using it. <laughs> I used it. Well, he got it. I got it back in high school for theater. I use it all the time, and then I graduated high school, and then I never had stagecraft. You yeah, I never wanted. What I more than anything else, I wanted one of those. Uh, what are they called? Magic mice. That it was the little itty bitty sander that you yeah, just the yeah. little handheld grinder thing. I, I thought that was the coolest thing, and I like for six months I obsessed over getting one of these, and then I realized, what am I going to use it for? Gonna what, sand. What am I going to sand? <laughs> I just went around. When I got mine, I just went around the house and started sanding things. I mean, <laughs> seriously. Ooh, I said, this is, this. I had a door frame that was like all botched up. The old house, it was just all crap. Oh, yeah. And I was going to paint that room anyway. And so I was like, well, let's sand this now. <laughs> and I did. And then I think I sanded it too much and it got a little bit of curve in there. Well, that's no fixing that. I could slap some putty on there, but I don't think I could get it even again. And then if I did and I got too much, I'd be tempted to use the little mouse again and probably too deep. So uh, I took, I took, I, I took, I got an old end table that I got at a garage sale for two bucks. It was a really nice end table. It was scratched all to heck. And so I thought, well, I could sand that down with that mouse and refinish the top of it. Well, I sanded a hole in it. (laughs) I I haven't used that mouse since then. He's too handy. Yeah, well, I may be manly, but I don't know what I'm doing with some of that stuff. I'll tell you. <laughs> At least it was just a two dollar table, and I didn't say, "Honey, I'll refinish the." You know your grandma's antique chest. Room. Yeah, about that. <laughs> it's, oh. got, it's, got, it's got a nice hole on the top. Now you can, don't even have to open it. You just put stuff. In the well, how did that happen? I don't know. Oddly enough, it's the same shape as your little sander thing. <laughs> well, that's weird. What a coinky dink! Bizarrest thing ever. <laughs> but. Um, where was I going? I don't know. Oh, she she broke my, my keychain. Back to the keychain. She broke my keychain. Like I said, I cannot describe the love I destroyed. This thing's just pulverized, and it was. It, I, I buried it. It was very sad. And um, so, in the, he has the a little matchbox and a grave in his backyard. I can never be sure, but I think I heard taps playing softly. <laughs> and. Um, and the bottom of my stocking this year was another keychain. And I was like, oh, where did you find well, this? Well, another keychain, but it was No, a, it's it the, was the, the actual, the, the actual ray gun with the, the light-up thing. And I was like, where did you find this? And the she's backyard. like, it wasn't easy. It's <laughs> so like, what do you, now, keep in mind, the first one she bought. Well, she had a heck of a time. She said she'd see that anywhere well, else, and there was only one. When she, she, she bought it, it like, yeah. at Target in the, the, the <laughs> little area up front where they've got the real El Cheapo, mm-hmm. you know, the crap, the dollar crap. Mm-hmm. It was in there, and she just thought, "Ah, oh, that's cool." And she bought one, and then thought, "Maybe I gotta go back and get another one." And they were gone, like right. Kaiser Soze, nothing. <laughs> so she said she'd been searching, 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 and she found one, and she went to Amazon and found this. And I'm like, wow. "I bet you didn't pay a buck for it." She goes, "No, I did." <laughs> <laughs> so I don't have it with me because it's like <laughs> it's in a display case. It's in a glass yeah. display case on the wall. <laughs> it's, it's, now. it's hanging up now. It's with laser security. <laughs> I gotta go buy another laser keychain to put my laser keychain. <laughs> so I have another laser keychain, and I'm all kinds of excited by that. 
but uh, I also got uh, oh, I got some comic books and um, I got a bunch of junk. I, I had a great Christmas. There were not not one batch of socks. It was awesome. So it is a great Christmas when all you get is junk. I, I, yeah. I, I yeah. remember that yeah. because you know what? You get stuff you need all throughout the year. When you get stuff you want or didn't know you want, that's Christmas. Yeah. Unless it's expensive stuff that you want but haven't took the time to pay for it yet. My, well, yeah. my dad gave me. Um, we we did this through Clontarf where everybody was like, you know, we did this kind of Secret Santa thing, and everybody was like, well, put together an Amazon wish list. And that way, it's best online. way. To, best yeah, way to yeah. do Christmas ever. No, it's the worst way to do Christmas ever. Oh, no, that's oh, we because did it with my family this way. It's fantastic. You, you put together this list on Amazon, and then you could print it off. And I handed it out to my family. It's like, well, you know, oh, see, that's the problem. Yeah, you printed it off. Don't. I told them to go to the link, and if you buy it from the link, it drops off for everybody else. <coughs> no, it, well, no, it, this that's was, how you got to do it. You're right, but, but, but you, you keep it online. Keep, and that's how you do it. Keep, keep in mind my lineage. Okay, okay. technological Neanderthal. That came from somewhere. <laughs> you know? So I gave this to my dad, and I got $200 worth of Amazon gift cards. <laughs> they were like, nothing wrong with that. They were like, I don't shop online. Here. <laughs> so was, Actually, there's nothing wrong with that. No. Now you can get what you want. Well, I wasn't complaining. So um, I went and I bought myself an electric guitar. Oh. Because I miss playing. I, I played back in high school, and I really have been given some serious thought about getting into it, and I decided, you know, I'm going to get that. You got the guitar and amp for two. I got the amp. wow. The, the, the guitar and the amp were seventy nine. I'm sure. It's, I'm sure it's a cheap little. Oh, probably, you know, but, but still. I mean, you just if you're a, playing for fun. It's that, like that's exactly it. I didn't want to, you know. And I talked to my boss, and he's like, like "No, I'd go the other way." Either. He says, "I'd, I'd, I'd spend like at least four hundred dollars to get yourself a quality guitar." Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, but I don't know if I'm going to play it. Yeah. If it's going to sit in the corner and collect dust, I want to spend seventy nine dollars on something that's going to collect dust yeah. versus four hundred dollars that's going to collect. Yeah. Dust. It still seems cheap for a guitar, but yeah. But and it'll work with GarageBand. Ooh, because nice. uh, I bought Rocksmith so that I can have that cable. More importantly, will it work with Rock Band? It'll work with Rock Band 3. Oh, wow. And, oh, nice. I, and I bought Rocksmith so I can relearn how to play. Oh, so good. I'm all kinds of happy jazzed. Now That's I just have cool. to find the time to do it. <laughs> <laughs> and someday when you're done with school and retired from work, <laughs> yeah, which might be the same time. <laughs> the day is coming. <laughs> but um, And then I went back to work. So Keith, what did you do? Well, well, you also went and saw a movie. Oh, oh yeah, I did. I did one other thing. We went and saw. I had a Saturday off. Yeah, how'd you get that off? I meant to ask. They, they gave it. Yeah, to how me. did you get wow. that off? Because I went in last night. You weren't there. I thought for sure. I, I thought of all going. days, I can go in on a Saturday evening and find Sean at work. This, this is the first. We often go in Saturday and visit. And I was like, well, we're not, not going on a Saturday. This, this is the first weekend day I've had off since being in Hawaii. I mean, it's been nonstop since September, uh, and yeah, I was well, off Saturday. That's not true, because you went yeah. to saw Doctor Who. The 50th. You had the 50th off, November 23rd. Oh, that's true. Well, I requested that, though. But no, they just... It, it, oh, that you just got off. Just, 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 got off. just gave yeah. it off. Yeah, they just gave it to me off. So I looked at Mel and said, I'm off Saturday. She went, let's do something. <laughs> so we uh, we went to Kansas City, because one of the other things we got is we got AMC gift card. And so we went and saw The Hobbit, The Desolation of Smaug. 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 Uh, in... 3D IMAX high frame rate, and it was glorious. It was far and away superior to the first Hobbit. I, it just, and I liked the first Hobbit. I mean, don't get me wrong, mm-hmm. but everything about this film is better than 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 the first one. The pacing's better, the action's better, the dragon is phenomenal, and when better Benedict Cumberbatch starts talking, yeah, ooh, <laughs> and all the lines that. 
you know, he and Bilbo have in the in the book started coming back to me. Mm-hmm. You know, the thief hiding in the shadows. Mm-hmm. I was like, Woo, Benedict said that. You know. <laughs> so that was all really cool. Um I'm torn because there's so much I read this book back in high school and there's so much of it I don't remember. Yeah, that's my problem when I see yeah. this. And the, the the basic gist of the Hobbit is that we walk and we get captured and we get Sing escape songs. and we lost all our weapons and then some nice person helped us and then we get captured again and lost everything and then some other nice person helped us and we're walking and then we sing a song. I mean just <laughs> That's the only thing I remember. I mean And then there's a dragon and a walk. That that's pretty much it. <laughs> I don't remember, I remember that specifically, <laughs> but I remember the, the thing that's really missing from for me is I think we talked about this last week. There's or maybe it was just you and I at work. But there's more songs song. in the book. And there's a I, lot more singing in the book. Yeah. I didn't like that in the book. I remember I that being either. my least favorite of the book. But now I find myself going, "Where is it?" I mean, they do it that one time before <laughs> well, they leave and, and the they did Shire. It so good, at they the did one do it. Time. Yeah, it was well done. In oh, fact, that was, was I, that totally was like I, I, would, I when, when I read it, I would not have expected that. But then seeing it was like that's how that should be done. I keep expecting them to. Camp out and sing songs, but they're not. No, there's no camping. <laughs> so go ahead. There's no camping. There, there's a lot of they, they truck it. <laughs> um, but there's a lot of really great moments that lead, you know, kind of tie back in, like Legolas showing up and mm-hmm. some of the other stuff that he's done that kind of really tie back into Lord of the Rings, which is awesome. But then there's a lot of other stuff. Everybody I've talked to that's seen it said, "Oh, it's a great movie," but they're really trying to tie it back too much. <laughs> oh, I, I, I enjoyed all that. And it's especially fun when uh, when they're, they're captured by the elves and Legolas is, you know, they're pilfering through their stuff, and he, <laughs> one dwarf's got his uh, photo album. He's like, "What is this hideous beast?" And he goes, "Well, that's my wife." He goes, "And what's this thing? It looks like an elk mated with a something or another." And he goes, "That's my son Gimli." And I went. <laughs> You're gonna meet him later. Things, I go nuts over stuff like that, so you know that was cool. But there were other bits like they they dealt a little bit more with the necromancer and and this kind of stuff. And I there's so much of it that I don't remember. Mm-hmm. And then Radagast the Brown shows back up, and it's like, hey, Sylvester McCoy met him. Um, <laughs> Stephen Fry shows up in this one. Too. Stephen Fry showed up in this one. Did excited. you catch Stephen Colbert? I did not catch Stephen Colbert. Mel caught Stephen, Stephen Colbert. Colbert in it? I Stephen Colbert, Colbert has it. And his wife and his sons. Oh, cool. And um, Peter Jackson has a cameo right <laughs> the very first face on screen. Really? <laughs> he steps out, looks at the camera, eats a carrot, and walks off. <laughs> just like subtle. <laughs> I mean, just. <laughs> I mean, he's in a cloak and a riding hood and everything, but it's, yeah, there he, there he is. But there's so much of the necromancer that I don't remember, and Mel's asking me questions. It's like, I don't know. I, yeah, I thought it was just a guy, but they tied it in this other no. way. And if, if it is this other thing, yeah, that is way cooler because that makes so much more sense than just that's being what some I'm guy. That's I'm wondering but, is if they've, they've done it that way. But a lot of the necromancer stories also come from... Uh, Similarian? Similarian. Yeah, Similarian. So. The... the, 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 the the backstory of the necromancer concept has been adapted, at least what I've seen in the first one, from that. But yeah, they, I have a feeling that they're they're going a direction with it, with I, which I'd be kind of excited if I remember right. So, well, the, the way they the way they did it, I thought made total sense, and it's awesome. Um, Good. Here's the problem, though: is it's different enough that I find myself wanting to go back and reread The Hobbit mm-hmm. just so that I can refresh my memory. I really don't want to. Yeah, I really don't. Uh, want the only to thing that's kept me from reading it again is the fact that I just didn't think it was all that great. When I didn't I read either it the first time. I know it's the cornerstone of. I mean, I, I will say this: Tolkien read the audiobook Then Tolkien writes a lot. It's not a bad idea. He, he's he's very much into that. Here's a lot of words. Go read them. Yeah. And I, I will give but Tolkien. It's not this. that long of a book. It's not that long oh. of a book. 
It's just boring. I remember, I reading, it. It. <laughs> I remember reading in high school in less than a week. I, I remember yep. being boring up to a point. And then uh, it got, then it, like, you get, like, it's one of those point, and then I don't go, even think it was halfway. I think it was, like, two-thirds of the yeah. way, and it, it Once really Once the dragon showed up, up yeah, yeah, interesting. I, I remember that. The, Other than Gollum yeah. and the cave. You know, and I was, when I watched Fellowship, and we he, we get the recounting at the beginning when he finds the mm-hmm. ring, and then he's telling the Hobbit children about the troll story. Mm-hmm. I thought to myself, you have just masterfully covered everything you well, need to know about the Hobbit. And he did that on purpose because they didn't have the rights. Yes, they didn't the think they were going to. sure they were ever going to do it. Because yeah. so, Sony had the Hobbit. They, they, they looked at it as a, there's no chance we'll do this, so we'll just... And, and I thought to myself, you're done. Yeah. I don't need to see The Hobbit. Yep. Yep. Oh, we're well, going to make The Hobbit. Uh, okay. that, we're going to make it in two Hobbit. movies. Uh, we're going to make it in three movies. movies. Oh, my uh, God. Are you kidding me? Yeah. But everybody seems to be enjoying the ride, so that's important. Yeah. But I, 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 for three hours of smog? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> this, that's, that's, this is what I will give Tolkien. When I think wizard, generic wizard, Gandalf. Oh, absolutely. That's yeah. the, that he he is the definitive wizard. When I think dragon, I think Smaug. Yeah, yeah. He, yeah. He's kind of the template of the elves and the dwarves. Sure. And I mean, everything in that fantasy realm really comes from from that. That's there the one thing I can lot. definitely say. Well, part of and, the reason I read um, the Hobbit and the Lord of the Rings trilogy was the fact that I was in I was just getting into Dungeons and Dragons at the time, and I was super excited about you know that and and learning all about this fantasy, and I was. Actually, that started in eighth grade, and uh, at the same time, we were doing the we were studying. Uh, one of my classes was half reading, and was ha- the other was uh, Greek and Norse mythology, uh-huh. and so we did that. And she coupled a lot of that with some other fantasy elements that were brought in by others. And she found out that I was doing Dungeons and Dragons, and she said, "You know what? A lot of the Dungeons and Dragons stuff is templated around uh, Tolkien stuff." I said, "Oh, really?" And so she said, "Yeah, you should you should read this." And so she gave me the Hobbit, and I went and read the Hobbit. And so I actually it's been eighth grade since I read the Hobbit because I read the Lord of the Rings in high school, and so I, I read the Hobbit. And I was like, "Oh, okay. Well, this is pretty interesting." And she said, "Well, you know, when you get into it a little more, go on and read Lord of the Rings." So again, I got into. I think it was the end of eighth grade. So then in my freshman year, I was still playing Lord, uh, not Lord of the Rings, playing Dungeons and Dragons, and then I picked up Fellowship, and I went. This is this is Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> it's just in book form. Yeah. So then I blew through the that trilogy because I just absolutely love that. But it's exactly true because a lot of the stuff from Dungeons and Dragons was exactly templated from yeah. that, and that's where they got a lot of that uh, fantasy from. Yeah. So see, seeing it on screen realized is 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 truly amazing, and Peter Jackson did a phenomenal job with this one. So unfortunately, it ends in a. Pretty massive cliffhanger. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> I mean, not like the as first one. Should. Not like the first one. The first one did like... kind of end in a, didn't, didn't feel as much like a cliffhanger. No, no, no. no. It just felt like the adventure was going on. But it was also, well, to me, how, felt a lot it, like Fellowship. How well, yeah, even, even, yeah, even set with, up for the next one that, that didn't. But that, that's it, exactly it. it. Even through, can, through, through all of the movies to date, Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit, they all kind of end with that, I hope things get better in the next one. Yeah. This one ends on a, oh, crap. <laughs> <laughs> So be prepared for three hours of this, and then <laughs> knowing a done on a moment. Well, I hope that spurs some people who never read it to go and read it. Then, oh yeah, our glowing review it was boring. It was dry. You had to get through. Well, no, no. I mean, watching the the second oh that, movie yes. and I, the, I the, film, I gotcha. the film spur I gotcha. reading. Yes. Period. Yes. 
Because reading it is will good. be the only book that you see the films and then go and, and not say, oh, they left this out and this out and this out and this out. Because it's all going to be in The Hobbit. <laughs> You're going to leave go, this wait, out, this out, and this, this out from wasn't the film. In the book. Yeah. <laughs> this isn't in the movie. This isn't in the book. This isn't in the book. It's in the movie. (laughs) Right off the bat, they get to this guy's house in the very, like literally, like the very beginning of the movie. They're being chased by the orcs still, and so they get to this guy's house who's going to help them out. And the way that was all set up, it was almost like, "Are you doing Tom Bombadil? (laughs) Are you finally with this?" It's not, but it just—I yeah. totally thought that's maybe where they were going to go with it. Like he decided, eh? Everybody complained. Okay, here. <laughs> <laughs> so no, can't recommend it enough. It's really good. I'm still the jury's still out on the high frame rate because especially remember we, we talked the last time and I told you about how the, that kind of hyper reality that mm-hmm. it had with just some of the crystal Clermers. There's so much of this. Like there's this fantastic action sequence where they're going down a river and barrels and orcs and arrows and things are flying all over the place. And the camera, he does a couple of these under the water shots. Well, when you have the 3D and IMAX and high frame rate and you go underwater, it's disconcerting. <laughs> My brain did not like this. There were the, did it feel like you were drowning? No, not not to that extent. But, but he felt like he needed to start swimming. <laughs> there, there, there were several moments of. You can, you can resurface now. <laughs> I'm not sure I'm happy with this. <laughs> That super, almost too fake looking mm-hmm. world where it's so real it doesn't look real. But I think that's the uncanny valley. Well, but not not in even, a different way. In a different yeah. way, yeah. The reverse of the I don't know. <laughs> so, yeah, there's the that. uncanny peak. <laughs> Do you ever go see Catching Fire? I haven't yet. Okay, sorry. I I, I forgot that I, our weekends I, are so. We mentioned it last week crazy that we just we should have given him gift cards to, yeah. <laughs> to the movies well we've got we've got passes we just couldn't use them that first week and then we just haven't gotten there yet so i'm kind of disappointed that you can't use the passes for the high frame rate 3d yeah not yet but you can i don't know if you can well no you probably wouldn't because it's uh, because of the three because yeah, it's a 3D. premium because you can already use passes for the hobbit yeah. now that's right you just can't use it for the high frame rate well we'll, we'll use the passes for uh I, I Did you ever go get, see Frozen? I, huh? I haven't been to see Frozen yet. I Frozen yet either. No, there's a bunch of stuff out. I've got Saving Mr. Banks, I want to see that so badly. I want to see that one too. Yeah. Drew said it was awesome. Yeah. I don't know if it's I've one I absolutely have to see in the theater. Drew said though. you could wait. He said it's awesome, but you could totally wait. He wait until the cheap theater. He says there's no reason to yeah, go spend I'm money such a on it. I'm a Disney fan, and know, I absolutely love Mary Poppins. So I'm just. It's, I'm, it, For the Disney file, it hurts that I haven't been able to see it or Frozen yet. So I'll see him. I'll see him eventually. I'm kind of juggling trying to decide when they when they do their Oscar showcase and they do the here's all ten films that are nominated. It's like, well, if I miss this one, this one, this one, and this one now, I'll have a really good chance yeah. of seeing them later. <laughs> I'm tempted to do that weekend with you, so let me know. We'll do. Well, what'd you do? We haven't got. We yeah, we haven't got. got to I had a Christmas Eve and Christmas Day off for the first time, and I. Think ever yeah. that I've had. You both. had Christmas Eve off last year, but you worked in the morning. Well, that's <laughs> true. I worked. Overnight. I worked the overnight shift last year. Uh, I can't. Yeah, I don't remember the exact last. It's been at least. <coughs> I don't think I've had a Christmas off since Sarah and I've been together. I could be wrong though. Probably not. Cause no, I've, wait. I've had every Christmas off since you and Sarah have been together. Yeah, then so. I probably have it. Although I can, I might have the first Christmas when I got my wisdom teeth taken out. I can't remember if I had that. That all, that all was kind of a blur, anyways. But I had Christmas Eve off and Christmas Day, and I 
got up really early Christmas Eve to uh, start a pot roast for that night. Went back to bed and we were thinking, oh, we'll have a nice lazy day and then go to Christmas service with my dad and stepmom and then have Christmas with them. Sarah gets a text at like 10. Audie's freaking out because he hasn't been to see Santa yet, so he doesn't think he's going to get anything. (laughs) So we're making an emergency. (laughs) So we made an emergency run to the mall to go see Santa on Christmas Eve. Oh, gosh, were there tons and tons and tons of people? Well, we get there, and we're like, okay, be there at 1130. Okay, we'll get up, get ready, we'll go there, get fancy, get nice coffee and head there. Be back at 1145. Oh, perfect. We just got to wait 15 minutes. We'll do this. We'll be on our way. Ten minutes later, be back at 12.30. What? We've got to kill an hour now? Santa had to take a break? Yeah, a a longer break because he was already on break. Right. So, what what do you do with an almost five-year-old? We'll take him to the candy store (laughs) and (laughs) sugar him up to go home with mom later. (laughs) And then took him up and got snacks and finally went down. And then there was a really long line and got through all of that. And then friend of ours was moving this weekend so i had forgotten to grab him boxes like i promised so we had to run out to work that's right so my uh dad and carol were coming over at four we finally got home at three <laughs> and i gotta rearrange the box the presents under the tree the roast was done <laughs> and we're like we haven't really cleaned like we wanted to hurry and clean hurry and clean and then blake comes over to exchange gifts and uh he got us um uh, dr who monopoly Mm, yep, still that. Which is very cool. We opened that up tonight. Well, you guys opened it up, but we yeah, looked inside we tonight. Peeked at it. Uh, I'm looking forward to playing it. And then we had Christmas uh, <laughs> Eve with my... It's Monopoly. Yeah, but it's Doctor <laughs> Who Monopoly. So. Yeah, the, the novelty of it is cool that it's Doctor Who Monopoly. But I'll probably play it Monopoly. more than normal, normal Monopoly. Hmm. I'm not going to go there. It's like we've played the RPG game from last year. That's where I wasn't going to go. Thanks, Glenn. At least I've played the card game that I got last year. <laughs> Granted, it was only about a month ago. But, <laughs> but I thought, you know what? I'm going to get all the way to the, the next Christmas the, the, and the, not the, have played this. The learning curve on Monopoly is much lower. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You already yeah. know how to play you Monopoly. Play Monopoly. I, I don't think I've ever actually played it tabletop RPG before, so it's we gave learning. it to the wrong guy. One yeah. of us probably should have taken <laughs> one it. Of you guys it. Should, maybe if you want, one of you guys want to take it home and look it over and become the game master, I'm absolutely fine with that. <laughs> because like I, we have time for that. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel bad that we haven't played it. I really I do. Got, I got one more semester. <laughs> then, then we're going to all summer. <laughs> okay. Well, that sounds, that right. sounds like a good all, point for the summer. All summer we're going to RPG. We're going to okay. play some Doctor Who RPG. Sounds good. Uh, but then we had you better Christmas. start thinking of your characters now. The roast was good. Uh, Christmas Eve service was was good. Um, was it? Was it really? It wasn't bad. <laughs> well, what it was, which I was rather impressed by, um, was it was him telling the story of the birth and singing uh-huh. songs, and that was pretty much it. I That's didn't, usually I didn't feel like yeah. I was preached at. So. My dad did one this year again, and, and his, he said we the first ten minutes was kids singing and doing their little thing and then the They're last 20 minutes singing. was the Christmas service and he says oh, those are always quite nice because it's pretty much the same thing <laughs> less, every year and less work for him to yeah, do yeah it's much less work for him to do and he says I know what it's going to be <laughs> but I know it meant a lot for my dad and stepmom that we went with them so good, good. Uh, and web chatted with my sister while we opened presents and uh, it's always, always rough to have so many uh, your immediate family that far yeah 
So, and of course, Gmail, or I don't, I think it's their camera. When it, and my sister's the pitch of her voice. Cause did I you can, do it in Google Hangouts? We did do it in Google Hangouts. But I could, Ricardo talks, and we can hear him just fine. We hear Megan's first few words, and then it goes garbledy, and none of us can understand what she's saying. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's their microphone or what the problem is. Because it was the same thing on Skype, so it wasn't just Google Hangouts. Oh. So So you tried Skype. We, we, we tried Skype so well with on. my mom's, yeah. Um, of the many Who gifts I got, uh, Sarah and I opened presents afterwards, too. Uh, some pajama pants with TARDISes all over them. Which you are wearing that now. That I'm wearing now. <laughs> uh, Day of the Doctor on Blu-ray. Some minifigures. Uh, this Cyberman t-shirt from Sarah. Uh, and a vinyl figure. Third doctor. Now, did, did, did you open the box? Oh, I mean, would you get the full blind, not knowing what was in the box when yeah. you opened it? Yeah, it was in my socket, and so I pulled it out, and then I opened it up. And big surprise moment. Big surprise, didn't know what it was. And you got a Pertwee, which and is your, your, your classic, other than... Oh, well, yeah. now, my, now my second classic. Your second classic. <laughs> Since Paul bumped him up, bumped him down. <laughs> but my initial classic. But your initial classic. Yes. I was very happy to get Pertwee. Yeah. Uh, also got some RAM for my computer, which is oh, very cool. nice. Very, very nice. Now, there was a tweet, an Instagram or something, that was sent out. I was like, oh, more who goodness. <laughs> Did I see Cyberman briefs in this picture? <laughs> no. No. There was TARDIS. There was something. Was it this one? Yeah, what is? Oh, that's the shirt. That's my shirt. It's his okay, shirt. I had to fold it. Well, the all way up it's to get folded, it, it looks like a pair of briefs. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it sure well, does. I can see that. I thought it to myself, sure "Wow, Keith, I don't know that I'd be flashing that on Facebook." <laughs> <laughs> okay, never mind. It's my shirt. <laughs> well, because I kept looking at it, I was like, "No, that's." <laughs> It's too frumpy on the bottom. There's no elastic in those. It looks like granny pants. <laughs> it's control it's, it's, alt delete. <laughs> Who would put that on their adult, butt? It's an adult diaper cover. <laughs> Tr- trendy depends. For when you lose it on Christmas Day. <laughs> oh, more, more, more Doctor Who could have said. Oh, no. Oh, man. <laughs> Just for him to wear that night. <laughs> uh, and then Christmas morning, we went over to Sarah's parents and opened more gifts. And surprisingly, um, had to wait for Adi and Mike to get over there. We figured that, like, I think last year, we barely beat them like, by like five minutes. And we waited like a half an hour for them to show up. <laughs> Uh, Adi un- ended up uh, getting like the flu the Aww, next day, man. so he, he wasn't was he was feeling under the weather. But he had a great Christmas, <laughs> whirlwind of gifts. Yeah, well, it's a busy time for a little boy too. Oh yeah, absolutely. He did. There were some. <laughs> he got so many. There were some he didn't even open. Oh gosh. <laughs> While he was over at grandma's, oh. uh, big into Legos this year. He got a lot of Star Wars Legos. Neat. Yeah. In that's fact, always fun when you've got a nephew or a kid that's into that. Yeah, that. Dad wasn't so happy about it because he had to put them all together. Because Adi still you a little volunteered. Tea. He didn't bring them over. You should have volunteered. To I go over there. Well, yeah. Goes over if, until I get there. <laughs> if we weren't going over to my mom's that night, I would. Oh. 
Uh, so Mike's fingers were a little sore from putting together Legos, and like the uh, either the day after or Friday, I got a text from Sarah's mom with a picture of one of the figures of saying, "Who's this?" So I had to be like, "That's Admiral Akbar." Oh, okay. Uh, and then went over to my mom's and I cooked fried rice for dinner. Ooh, yeah. Just fried rice. Oh, we had rolls. Oh. My, my fried rice. His fried rice is like... Bam. Bam. Lots of stuff. <laughs> We've been over this, but yes. Uh, bacon and oh, right, 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 and right, corn right. and chicken. That's not fried rice. That's fried rice casserole. <laughs> but, but it's not baked. Well, I guess that's true. <laughs> Still stir-fried, right? Yes. Stir-fried casserole. casserole. Yes. <laughs> stir-fried. Well, uh, I think casserole, by definition, you need to bake it. Stir- I thought the casserole was just everything in there. No, I think it needs to be baked. Stir fried jumbo. Oh, it's a salad. No, it's not <laughs> stir fried salad. No, because those are usually cold. Yeah, it's stir fried. It's rice. <laughs> stir fry. I, I would I would go with just stir fry. But fried rice that just makes it sound like fried rice with just a little bit of meat, some flavoring. Oh, okay. Yeah, I guess stir fry would be a better description. Yeah. But <coughs> when you got all the rice in it instead of on the side, right, too. Because right, so. right. yeah. stir fry usually put on top of the rice, but yeah, it's not a casserole. <laughs> not a casserole. <laughs> Hodgepodge. It kind of is. Right, right. Hodgepodge. <laughs> because I, I was, of course, it's it's a familiar kitchen, but it's far enough. Oh, I've not lived there long enough. I don't know where things are now. Mm-hmm. So I'm like trying to figure out where things are and doing everything. And I, I get to the end. I'm like, all right, we're all good. Oh, crap. I forgot the uh, corn. Oh. <laughs> so I had to go nuke up the corn and put that in last minute. And it all worked out pretty well. Everyone liked it. And then we opened uh, Web Chatter with my sister again and opened more presents. And uh, between uh, my family and Sarah's family, I got a TARDIS hoodie and the 25th anniversary special, Ooh. Silver Nemesis. Ooh. Yeah. My cousin, Laura, got me that. Cool. And, oh. He's leaving. I'm leaving. <laughs> the oh, Ape Soldier Planet of the Ape. Ah, cool. Vinyl. My, my, uh, my mom got me this one, and my dad got me... Cornelius and Zayas, but they're out of stock. So I'll be getting those coming. These are the, yeah, um, cool. what are they called? The, the, the pop, pop vinyls, yeah. Sarah got a little e- bobblehead Ewok, too. Very cool. How does an Ewok bobble? Not very well. <laughs> I'm trying to think of the shape of an Ewok. doesn't really lend itself to a bobblehead. It's got a big head. Yeah, and he's got the cowl, so it helps. He's got the cowl on, so he helps. So. He doesn't like staying in his base. But all the pops have a big head, okay. which is kind of ironic because I got my sister. So that sounds like the Ewoks playing drums or something. Yum yum. <laughs> <laughs> and that's totally what Wicket looked like when the stormtroopers were coming for him. So. <laughs> <laughs> He's about to bobble off of there. <laughs> he doesn't like to stay in his base. I don't know why. The little holes are probably too wide, or too small. Too small, I think. The holes are too oh, small. Oh, oh, the holes are too wide. The knobs are too small. Uh, I see. So I had a great Christmas. Num, num. And then other than that, I've been uh, yep, yep. catching up. I've been rewatching Sherlock in preparation for Wednesday. Yeah, my goal is to get Wednesday it Wednesday of what year? So. <laughs> 2014. I refuse to believe this. It's actually coming. Finally. I'd, honestly, I'd be much happier if it was like March. 
Because that would give me something to look forward to in that in between yeah, time. Yeah, I could watch. Oh, Sherlock's on. Divide it up a little bit. That's something to look forward to. What you is? still haven't finished it, have you? What is no. Orphan Black? Orphan Black. Oh. That's All a right. TV show. Is that everything, Keith? That's everything, I think. That's all, all right. That's, I'm sure I'll think of other stuff later. Well, let's move on to feedback. News. No, news. We do news first. It's, <laughs> well, we spent a long time on uh, what we did. Because we had a lot going on. Really? Uh, it's a, it's a busy time of year. Plus, news is short, so news we'll make it short. short and sweet. Uh, time of the Doctor wins BBC America and Twitter records. It's been the most watched program in BBC America's history. Which is Yay. funny that it topped the other doctor. That's yeah, by bizarre. 0.07 million. So by 70,000 views. More people had Christmas off than had. Well, and I think that, well, <laughs> oh, there's that. you know, and plus, uh, Day of the Doctor was Saturday afternoon. Had it been Saturday I don't, night, I don't, I don't they might have got more viewers. If that includes both viewings of Day of the Doctor or just the premiere viewing. Both viewings of Day of Because they did an encore in the I evening. suppose that's true. They did Oh, an they wouldn't have counted those together. Okay. No, no, no. Yeah, so afternoon, it's to be said. Um, the Farewell to Matt Smith special, which will be included on the Blu-ray, uh, drew in a respectable audience of 1.54 million, which is pretty impressive. Uh, I think the next bit's even more impressive than that. There were one. Th- 183,550 tweets making it the most tweeted show of the day and beating out the previous Christmas special The Snowman which came in at 64,000 tweets. That's unreal. Yeah. And (laughs) more than doubled then. I mean, does that just follow with Twitter's natural growth curves <laughs> there are that well, many more possible. people well, on Twitter be, now or well, is it just that, the Doctor Who's that much more popular that, and I think this I think year there both. was a surge in media of, of promoting on Twitter too yeah. so I mean because you know every show you watch now has a hashtag down the corner so yeah. that helps of the 183,000 tweets 18,844 were about 30 seconds of the show Capaldi's entrance That's impressive. Mm-hmm. That's impressive. Very impressive. And we're all quiet because we're going to talk more about that later. So. <laughs> <laughs> Guest news. Sean, you want to take this one? If you uh, missed it, uh, the big news last week was that uh, Billy Piper is going to be at Galley this year. Or, well, 2014. Can we say this year? Not yet. Not yet. The, the next Not year's Galley. In a couple of <laughs> the, the upcoming, days. days. The upcoming Galley. The February. Yeah. Uh, Billy Piper's going to be there. And then, like, really right on the heels of that, like, we had our show Sunday night, and I think it was Monday morning they announced Paul McGann is coming back. So the Eighth Doctor will be in residence, hot off of Night of the Doctor. So there'll be six, eight. Davidson's not there, though, right? No. So six and eight will be the Doctors this year. Six and eight for the Doctors this year. We'll have two Doctors this year. And uh, then Rose and Joe and... Mm -hmm. All the unit crew that's on. And Nicola and Caroline. And Nicola and Caroline. There's lots of companions. Lots and lots of companions this year. There usually are, though. We had a lot last year. But Paul McGann's going to be there again. That's exciting. I think maybe they'll do a. uh, You think Daphne will come now? Hmm? She lives in LA. You think Daphne will go now? (laughs) Maybe she'll just show up as a guest. Maybe. (laughs) 
You think they just let her in even if they didn't have Probably. if she didn't have a ticket? Let Probably. me get my magic eight ball. <laughs> Science point to yes. Very cool, exciting. So news. That's very exciting. Well, that's it for news. Let's move on to feedback then. <laughs> we told you be sure. A, a little episode aired, you know. Yeah. <laughs> All right, who's first in feedback? First up is Holly. Before we start, I had this great idea for a feedback song and just kept forgetting to go and write it. <laughs> oh, one of those. <laughs> one of those. I've had a few of those. So, just for the earworm. Now, you're measure- usually you're too busy to go find it to write it. I no, just forgot. Sometimes I forgot, I forgot to write them down, too. <laughs> um, I was going to... Sometimes I sit down at the table and think, I could muddle through it. Nah. I was going to rework this. Sometimes you sit down and go, what did I sit down with? <laughs> sometimes, I sometimes I look up at you two and go, where am I? <laughs> <laughs> Who are these guys? In reference to our episode title, I was going to do So Long and Thanks for All the Fez. <laughs> so Long and Thanks for, for All the, the Fez. fez. Yeah. Did you see somebody did one uh, so, so long, long and thanks for all the fish fingers and custard. Yes, and did the, the uh, Hitchhiker's mm-hmm. Guide style. Too. That was neat. Yeah. Okay. Took so uh, my title for the week. What? So long and thanks. For that all was going to be my title for the show, and then I saw it online and went, "Well, now I'm going to sound like I'm copying." So <laughs> well, who did it online? Hmm? Who did it? Several people. Yeah. Really? There's also a meme of it saying that of him and, and little Amelia eating it, but it didn't say and custard. It just said fish. It's also available on a T-shirt. That's the last place I saw it was on a T-shirt. Put the TARDIS in the center of the Earth thing. I guess it's not Earth. Yeah, we were talking Fez. Yeah, but we said Fish Fingers and Custards. Nobody's done Fez. Well, you got Fez. He was saying he was going to do Fish Fingers and Custards. I was going to do Fish Fingers and Custards. I thought that was more fun. Now we'll be unique and do Fez. Fez is good, though, too. I like Fez. I like Fez, too. Now you're saying it, so we've ruined it. Oh, wait. This is, <laughs> we'll never before anybody hears this. <laughs> for all of you listening, let me know what it turned out to be. <laughs> <laughs> oh, first up is Holly. <coughs> Sorry. She writes, Time of the Doctor. Hey, guys. Hope, we won- hope everyone had a great holiday with all their families and friends. I know that I did. Wow. The Time of the Doctor is still processing quite a bit of it still. I'll try to keep this in timeline order of the episode, but I may hop around a bit. Loved Clara and her panic about in- inventing a, a fake boyfriend and calling the doctor to help her. Handles was cute. Kind of reminded me a bit of Cyberman Bob. <laughs> Tasha Lim still has me scratching my head as to who she could actually be. At first, <clears throat> I saw her stills and thought maybe she was a regenerated Ronnie. But then I was thinking maybe a younger version of Madam K who kidnapped Amy. Then my last thought was maybe a re- it's a regenerated River Song. Guys, what do you think? Do we want to weigh in here? Uh, new character. Yeah, new yep, character. New character. Yeah. Agreed. Uh, the, the, it couldn't be a regenerated River Song. We saw her die Yeah. And at the end of her regenerations, unless she was a point in between, but I think we've pretty much seen all of her generations. Yeah. Regenerations, so. Agreed. The scenes in the town of Christmas were good. I liked Barnable and his comments to the doctor in the end that he would wait for him, remind, reminding me of Amy and her waiting for the doctor during the 11th hour. What in Cybermen? Interesting twist there, 
and then the doctor using a sonic to reverse the polarity, and then still saying the sonic can't work on wood. And turkey from the sounds of things as well. <laughs> we have a little more background information about the silence and the Time Lord's involvement with the crack in Amy's wall from Series 5. And we also get the answer to the regeneration question as well. Very cool that Clara was able to convince the Time Lords to save the Doctor and that the only name they needed to know was THE Doctor. Nothing more, nothing less. Quick aside about Clara's family. Loved her grandmother. Loved the guy. I'm thinking it's her father. Did not care at all for Clara's mother if that was her. I think it's either supposed to be our aunt or stepmom. They don't really make it clear. They don't really clarify. Well, it can't be her real mom. No, because she's died. Uh, I thought... We're going to talk a little bit about this, but based on the callousness and the kind of the rudeness of her, I almost got the impression we were supposed to suppose that's a stepmom. Yeah. Yeah, evil stepmom. Yeah. Yeah. Wicked stepmom. Got too many vibes from Donna's mom from series four. I was teaming, I was tearing up at the end when Matt Smith finally regenerated into Peter Capaldi. Those last words of his about never forgetting Lion, a line, man chills. Then Amy showing up and saying goodbye to a raggedy man. That's when the tears really started to fall. It's going to be a wait until series eight. I'm really looking forward to seeing where Peter Capaldi's doctor is going to take both us and Clara. Well, I'm going to wrap it up here. Looking forward to hearing everyone's thoughts on this Christmas special. Holly from Wisconsin. Thank you, Holly. Thank you, Holly. Next up is Brenda. Brenda writes, This song is ending, but the story never ends. (laughs) True words were never written. (laughs) Dear Vortex Gang, Happy ongoing holidays to everyone. Now that Christmas Day has passed and all of my musical gigs are concluded, I can relax and enjoy the 12 days of Christmas with some time in Virginia visiting my mom. I didn't make the journey home until a couple of days after Christmas, so I had plenty of time to watch, rewatch, and try to absorb Day of the Doctor. I think she means, I think time, she means time of the Doctor. <laughs> my, re- my review is likely to be a minority opinion because I was rather disappointed with some of it, though not all of it. You might want to find something to hang on to. It's going to be a long one. First of all, let me preface my remarks with my evaluation that Name of the Doctor and Day of the Doctor were two of the most perfectly sculpted episodes of all time, so it would be hard for anything to live up to that level of perfection. I had high expectations for this episode, and it didn't meet all of them. I find the whole idea of the Papal mainframe and all of its components to be a bit convoluted. It seems like an elaborate way to poke fun at the church and make plot points that could be served in other ways that are less cynical. Now, I'm, not cer- I'm certainly not trying to defend the church, and there are valid arguments to be made about religious hierarchy. I just don't think they needed to be part of the plot of a science fiction show. Also, while I enjoyed the character of Tasha, perhaps a reference to Tasha Yar, and her interactions with the Doctor, it felt just a little too much like the Doctor and River, and it felt just a little bit like the Doctor was cheating on River at times. But the main problem I had with the episode was all the timey-wimey resolutions to plot points that have been going on since the 11th hour. Now, I love timey-wimey for the most part, and I love Moffat's eagerness to embrace that aspect of a show that is, after all, about time travel. And it was nice to have some questions answered, even though those answers seemed rather inconsequential in the way they were casually tossed in with just a couple of sentences, i.e., so that's who blew up my TARDIS. But when I have multiple moments of, huh? during an episode and need to go back and rewatch it immediately just to figure out what happened, 
then it's just a bit too timey-wimey for my taste. On my first viewing, I was trying to figure out all the events in the town of Christmas were after everything we've already seen, or if he was perhaps popping out to have the adventures of the past three seasons and then coming back to Christmas to serve as the town sheriff. Did Clara really hang on to the outside of the TARDIS for 300 years as it bounced through the Trine Vortex? Captain Jack did this for just one brief journey to Utopia, and it killed him. Well, for a while, at least. Let me address that real quick. He makes the comment that, number one, she's frozen, and number two, the... TARDIS extended the shield for her, which yes. clearly the TARDIS is, does not hate her. <laughs> not more. <laughs> and the TARDIS was trying to get away from Jack. That's why it went clear to the end of the universe, clear yes. to the end of the time yeah. of time. It just took 300 years to get to the doctor. It right. wasn't in the time vortex. It wasn't in the time vortex. It was nearly instantaneous for her, probably. But And a Back to the Future explanation. Yeah. It skipped over that minute to arrive 300 years in the doctor's future. <laughs> right. But yes. for her, it was... And, and, and he does make the point that the uh, TARDIS must have extended her uh, force field. Yeah. So apparently, the I thought it was my first thought was when when he said that I thought, oh, the TARDIS and likes does like Clara. <laughs> They've made up. <laughs> and just how many years has the eleventh Doctor lived? When you look at the lifespans of the other ten Doctors combined, they total just a bit over nine hundred years, an average of ninety years each. Granted, some, like the Ninth Doctor, seem to have gotten only a year or so, and the Tenth aged only a few years during his run. But Eleven has been around for multiple hundreds of years. How does that work? I will admit I was in a state of sleep deprivation when the show rolled around on Christmas night, so that likely contributed to my mental confusion. However, I found myself just a bit cold to parts of the plot. Anybody want to tackle that one? or we'll The wait. age thing? Well... I, we, we, he's been doing I, I, that. He's been Moffat's been doing that for the last three series. Yeah, yeah. I mean he's, he's aged been, him a lot. He's aging him based on the fact that we're seeing a lot of uh, we're not seeing a lot of off camera adventures, which I think beautifully sets up a um, uh, expanded universe possibilities for, for the Eleventh Doctor when they do it for the novels and for to be able to place a lot of things in there without having to screw up any sort of continuity. I don't think Moffat purposefully did that. For that intent, but it it certainly is a nice side effect to that. But I think he's been doing that because I mean, he he was when he dropped Amy and Rory off, he went off and had several adventures before he met back up with them. Well, and he comments that he's eleven hundred or something at the beginning of uh, Impossible Astronaut. Right. Well, and, and so he, he's, he's, he's already he's, he's already you know two hundred years 12 in at there. that time. But then he's uh, yeah a hundred years younger when he shows up again and right. comes out yeah. of the bathroom. Or out of the back. I guess he went to the TARDIS to get his spoon or whatever. But or straw. straw, yeah. But see, and I've when always he comes had, in, then he he's he's even still younger then. So and I, and maybe it's after watching this one. I've always I've kind of got the impression that well, there could be an average. I don't think there was. I think the first Doctor was much older than a hundred years old before well, he definitely. regenerated. Yeah, most definitely. And two didn't have as long of a life, longer than obviously Eccleston has. Um, obviously, John Hurt's doctor was thirty some odd years, if at not least. more. Yeah, considering how Matt's how eleven aged, or the way he the way uh, the, the doctor aged the way he did, and so like 
Pertwee's run, I think, was very condensed. And Pertwee's run is the, is the tough one to nail down because, oh, because what, they, what they do is they try to look at ages that the doctor mentions that he is. Yes. And there, there, there is a small amount of continuity there, but then you have the people like the third doctor saying he's already millennia year old. So, I mean, he's already saying he's in, in the thousands at that point. Well, Moffat fixed that by rule number one, Doctor Dr. Lies. Um, but it's really hard to pinpoint some of those yeah. ages. You know how long he really was in that age or that de- generation uh, for so amount of time. So you really, it's really but tough to go my, back and and try to age the doctor. But we know a definitive point when you get to the ninth doctor because he talks about being nine hundred yes. years old or nine hundred some years old. So from that point on, I think they've done a pretty good job of giving us the appropriate ages. But what's happened is Moffat has. Has played fast and loose with well, that, been uh, able to expand that out. Well, he's so. played fast and loose with it while still remaining within the. Oh yeah, no, no. The, the, I, when I say fast and loose, I mean he's he, he's done what he wants with it, right? Without having to, without yeah, without it's still playing. Well, because as, as you pointed out, Pertwee comments at one point that he's millennia old, but then there's later Tom Baker episodes where he says I'm 749, and and it's like okay, so how did that work? At yeah. one point, Tom says he's younger than what he should be at that point too. And people have pointed to that as well. Yes. Yeah. So it's it's kind of one of those things when when <laughs> aging the doctor is like it's kind of like did, did Pertwee's episodes take place in the seventies or eighties? Right. You just, well, you just the, pick the unit one. episodes take place in the seventies. Yeah. Or 80s. You you just pick one and roll with it. Um, and I I think it's kind of more, and if it helps you out, Brenda, that we we haven't got to them yet, but there are. Uh, a, a couple of uh, Eighth Doctor adventures in Big Finish, where he winds up aging like 600 years during the course of the adventure, mm-hmm. just because he's stuck right. on Planet X doing whatever. Um, and, and so, you know, it's, it's kind of the impression that I get is that uh, you know a Time Lord. They, they always talk about being immortal, and they really, truly are incredibly long-lived species, and only regenerate. When it gets to that point when, you know, the body is just completely given out. So based on that, Hartnell might have been seven, eight hundred years old at that point and regenerates. And and so maybe in the doctor's mind, maybe when Tom Baker says, well, I'm only 749, maybe he's maybe he's been Tom Baker for 749 years. That's true. They could be talking. So it's kind of anybody's. I I don't personally agree with that, but that's that's certainly one interpretation that you could go with. I think where they've got it now is they've kind of, as you said, with the Ninth Doctor, it's kind of an attempt to rein in some of that and actually can put some right. continuity to it. And so I think what Moffat's done is by giving us these benchmark points, and he's, he's kind of trying to reaccelerate the clock to match the Doctor's true age, right. knowing that we're going into this, yeah. you know, thing. Well, so, he was going with this Doctor from... Uh, from day from one. day one, yeah. So I think that, yeah, ultimately what he did is he he created a vehicle for him to really have, be the Doctor for a long period of time in the course of three seasons. Yeah. So. Well, and part of the aging aspect is the idea, I think, that he the fact that he is out of his regenerations helps him live even longer, if that makes sense. Because if he had the regenerations, he probably would have... Maybe not as been as careful, or would would maybe his body would have given out and just get regenerated sooner. But be, just be, because it can't, it's just trudging on regardless. One more thing, you because he won't give it up. Is is it 
it's a year based on what an Earth year? Is it based on a well, frame year? Is it based? On, oh yeah, that's <laughs> another thing. Is we, we throw know. out year and we think of it as one solar cycle of the Earth, but. We're talking about an alien that comes from Gallifrey. That we don't know what they're measuring. Yeah, we're, 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 we are assuming that we are equating a, a human year to this Time Lord lifespan, and, and who knows. But That's true. And, and how long are the years on Christmas? Because the days yeah. were short, but the, days the nights were, were short. short. <laughs> but, you know, the days are short and the lights are long up north here in North true. America, too. So. And the, yeah. so there's that. Okay, now on to what I loved about the episode so that you don't think I hated the whole thing. <laughs> Number one on the list of what I loved, Matt Smith. I just adored his entire run and have thrilled to see him grow into the role with every passing year. Heck, he grew with each episode. His skills as an actor seem endless, and I really look forward to seeing where his career takes him post-who. I found him quite convincing as he aged, although I didn't think that the middle-aged makeup was quite as convincing as the old-age makeup. I agree with you, Brenda. I enjoyed the way the wig was woven into the plot, and the sight of him totally bald <laughs> took me back to my chemo days for a moment, including the ears sticking out like rocket fins. I also loved his interactions with the citizens of Christmas, especially the children. The whole clothes hologram thing bit was a hoot, and Clara's grand's reaction to the naked <laughs> doctor was great, as she took her time looking him over, even while the dad and mom's stepmom... Just who was she? Struggled to look anywhere but at him. I loved his relationship with Handles, his very own version of Wilson the Volleyball, although he could actually talk back. Everything from the point where Tasha fetched Clara to be with the doctor when he died and on to the end was perfectly pitched to wring a maximum emotion out of me. When he dropped the toy he was carving when he heard her name, my heart started breaking. His grief when Handles stopped functioning brought to my mind the loss of the pawns. His surprise and relief at receiving a new cycle of regenerations and the ensuing energetic retorts to the Daleks were thrilling. The fiery regeneration energy and the air guitar movements that aimed the energy of the Daleks <laughs> were joyful to behold, especially as the old man doctor regained his puppy dog energy, if only for a brief time. The last moments, when his young doctor persona was preparing for the next doctor to arrive, had me crying from the beginning of his Everything Must Change speech. It was reminiscent of the Tenth Doctor's conversation with Wilf about how it felt to go through a change that allowed him to live, but in essence stripped away much of what had made him unique. However, this time it felt like the thoughts of someone who had pondered the idea for another few hundred years and was coming to a more receptive understanding of the process. Also, he had the new perspective of not looking at the end of his regenerative cycle, but rather at the beginning of a new one. I really appreciate seeing the character development of the Doctor as a complete entity, not just his development within the confines of one persona, but over the course of all of them. As all of this was happening, the strains of the long song from Rings of Akaten began to swell, and I totally lost it as I recalled those lyrics. Rest now, my warrior. Rest now. Hardship is over. Live. Wake up. And let the cloak of life cling to your bones. I lost it further at I Will Always Remember When the Doctor Was Me, and in watching the Behind the Lens feature later, seeing Matt Smith start crying at that point during the run-through, prompting a big hug from Moffat. I was briefly taken out of the moment when little Amelia showed up, because I saw enough of her face to know that the child looked nothing <laughs> like the real Amelia. Dang it, I wish that would have been done better. But yeah. then came the real Amy, thank you Karen Gillian, and I moved into true sobbing. Raggedy Man Goodnight was a fitting farewell. And then suddenly, there was number 12. Or is he a new number one? <laughs> I had hoped for a longer introductory scene with Peter Capaldi, like the one that we got with Matt Smith. 
Instead, we got a tiny taste like we did with David Tennant. So where was I? Oh, that's right, Barcelona. And they both commented on new body parts. <laughs> 10 noted new teeth, while 12 slash 1 noted new kidneys. I'm interested in finding out why he doesn't know how to fly the TARDIS. <laughs> but now we'll have to wait until next fall to find out. Hopefully we will get one or more prequels before the season begins. Before I go, I do want to comment on one trend that has been annoying me lately. I know it's inevitable to do comparisons when change happen, and I have no problems with people looking at various doctors and noting similarities, differences, trends, etc. What I don't like is when people feel like they have to rank doctors, or companions, or showrunners, or anything else for that matter. Must someone be best or worst? No one would ask a parent to rank their children this way. We may have a number of close friends, and we, we may well connect with each of them in different ways, but we don't rank them best to worst. I just cringe when I read statements like, Matt Smith is the best doctor we've ever had, or conversely, Matt Smith is the worst doctor ever, or even, none of the new era doctors can compete to the classic doctors, or anything like that. I keep seeing articles that rate either RTD or Moffat as the best showrunner and vilify the other rate the various doctors like they're Olympic runners, and make all these statements as though they are fact and not the opinions they actually are. I do have doctors that I prefer over others, but that has nothing to do with anything factual. It's simply my preference. I often tend to prefer whichever doctor I'm watching at the current time. The character of the doctor develops over the lifespan of many incarnations, and each one has been written with particular story arcs planned out ahead of time. For that matter, each doctor is bound by the writing they're given, or not given, as in the case of Colin Baker, who had a character arc planned, but it got cut short before he could realize it. As you guys have introduced me to more and more classic Who, and you've included other media than just television, my understanding of the Doctor character has become much broader. As I noted earlier, each Doctor's regeneration would naturally have a different feel as he gathers more and more life events under his belt, and as he faces what he understands to be a finite number of new lives available to him. That's a fable that I'm sure you've never heard before. Where, or, there, excuse me, there's a fable that I'm sure you've heard before, where some blind men are experiencing an elephant for the first time, and as they can't see it, they must use touch to get an idea of the elephant's appearance. The one who touches the tail concludes that the elephant is like a snake. The one who touches the leg likens it to a large pillar. The one touching the trunk concludes it's a tree branch. As the tusks feel like solid pipes, the ear is a fan, the belly is like a wall. Obviously, the real description is a combination of all the observations. I now look at the Doctor like this. As the 11th Doctor noted just before his regeneration, all of us change and are completely different people at different times in our lives and in different situations. I'm certainly different now than I was when I was younger. I was a different person at my former high-stress job than when doing my mommy and me music classes for toddlers, and so on. No one can claim to know me well unless they know all of these aspects of me. So to end my long-winded rant, I love the Doctor, all of him, and at all times. I'm still weeping over the loss of Matt Smith, but then I recall how much more I've seen of David Tennant since he left the role, and it doesn't hurt as much. I only got about 14 hours of Tennant a year when he was doing Who with its time-consuming filming schedule, but since he left the role, I've seen him in several movies, in the theater doing plays, in other wonderful series like Broadchurch, and even coming back to Who. I'm sure I'll be rejoicing in Matt Smith's great acting for years to come. So for now, I'll just wipe my eyes whenever I watch Eleven's Regeneration, and I'll bid our beloved Raggedy Man goodnight. Happy New Year to the Vortex family. Brenda in Danville, Virginia. <laughs> Everybody's going to suck. <laughs>
Thank you, and Happy New Year to you, too. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, Brenda. And very good rants. Yes, I've, absolutely. I have full, full-heartedly well said. Well said. Proof. Next up is Chrissy. Chrissy writes, One greeted death like an old friend. Dear Vortex Boys, <clears throat> So remember how last week I picked The Snowman as the most representative episode of the Matt Smith era? I'm taking back my vote and recasting <laughs> it for The Time of the Doctor. From top to bottom, back to front, and everything in between, this story encapsulated everything that the 11th Doctor has been over the past three seasons. He's been Raggedy Man. He's been the Madman with a box. He's been the drunk giraffe. <laughs> he's been the old man in a young man's body. It took me a minute to figure out what she meant by that. And then that scene popped into my head. I went, oh, yeah. <laughs> he's been the old man in a young man's body. He's been the fairy tale Doctor. He's been great with kids. He's been worse than everyone. <laughs> 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 well, you got all the, that condensed into a 62-minute swan song. This year, I was really dreading Christmas. There were various reasons for this, but the biggest reason was the regeneration of the 11th Doctor. Even though I knew that it was going to happen, and that it's a vital part of the premise of Doctor Who, and I really shouldn't be upset about it, and I teased Keith a little bit when I was <laughs> anticipating taking it just as bad as he probably would. Right up until the episode started, I was just not ready for Matt to leave. But then the episode began, and slowly, the 11th Doctor himself prepared me for his departure. I watched him live a long life doing what he does best, protecting innocent people from horrible monsters. I watched him fix things and make children happy and hopeful. I watched him and Clara talk about regeneration, sharing the topic as intellectual equals because Clara already knew knew all about the process. I watched him send Clara away for her own safety because he didn't want her in the crossfire. And then I saw Clara Oswald, the impossible girl, the girl who's already done so much for the doctor, beg, plead, insist, and even demand that the hike and mighty, pompous Time Lords helped the Doctor in his last stand. I don't know if Clara still has naysayers, but they all, <clears throat> excuse me, but they all just better keep quiet after this episode. <laughs> the time of the Doctor hit all of the right, right notes just perfectly. It paid a beautiful tribute to a wonderful Doctor. It was paced well, and we all got the story elements we were promised without bogging down the rest of the narrative. And the ending, well... By the time the doctor was talking about how we all changed throughout life and how we would never and how he would never forget the time that the doctor was him, I was still sad that he was going, but I was ready to finally let go of the eleventh doctor because he was all ready to let go and be a new man in many ways, and I don't mean this as a criticism, I think that the reason that people had a hard time with ten regeneration is because he had a hard time with it. That's a a really good point. That could be. But Eleven smiled and reassured Clara, and by extension the rest of us, that change is a natural part of life and we should embrace it. But also, in keeping with the theme and memory that's been prevalent in Eleven's era, always remembering the past, good and bad. Of all the doctors, I think Eleven was the doctor who most welcomed the change, uh, which also let us welcome the change as well. Of course, he'd previously thought he was on his last generation and totally done. I'm sure that regeneration was preferable to outright dying at that point. (laughs) So Gallifrey came back a lot bit sooner than we all thought it would. 
It's still shut off in another universe, but it managed to get through the cracks in the universe. Sometimes I wonder if Stephen Moffat actually had all this mapped out in advance, or if he just puts things in and thinks, hey, that's cool. Maybe I'll use that for something interesting later on. Either way, he does it brilliantly. I don't know about you guys, but I'm happy with the explanations that we got. The papal mainframe uh, weren't all crazy psychopaths trying to kill the doctor, and that was just Madden Kovarian's break-off group. The silence aren't malicious. They're actually priests who listen to confession. And did anyone else catch the doctor mentoring the Mandovar market? As in Dorian Mandovar? Excuse me. I'm drying out here. Uh, I kind of hoped that friend of the show Simon Fisher Becker would make a surprise cameo. No dice, though. Oh, and the head. Oh, and Handles was adorable. He kind of reminded me of K9 a bit, which made his death even sadder. Whoever thought we'd be crying over a decapitated Cyberman? Hey, hey, hey. I did. <laughs> Called it. <laughs> also, I think the Daleks converting humans is the best way they could have made those things scary again. Yeah, they're kind of stealing the Cyberman shtick, but they do it a little differently, and I'm okay with it. They're doing it more like Cylons. Well, maybe they're doing it because they battled out the uh, Cybermen in uh, the series finale of uh, um, season two. Maybe, oh, the, 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 the <laughs> they idea borrowed that idea. That. They went, man, that's not a bad idea. You see? The more proof that Cybermen are superior. The Daleks are stealing ideas from yeah. them. The dog's been stealing everything since they started. <laughs> All around, the time of the Doctor was fantastic. Not perfect. I could have done without the shoehorned nudity jokes. But the complete picture was good enough that I can take a look past the flaws and appreciate it as a well-deserved send-off for Dr. Eleven and the wonderful actor who played him. It was everything Matt Smith deserved and more, and the introduction to Peter Capaldi was spot on. I have nothing to complain about and everything to praise. So now, we have about eight months to wait at the end of a very emotionally draining year for Doctor Who. All I can say is that I'm extremely pleased with how the 50th anniversary year played out, and I'm glad I got to spend it with you guys and all of our all of your listeners. Aww. 2014 has a lot to live up to, though I'd expect it to be exactly like 2013 because, well, 2013 was a different animal. Or I, wouldn't, I don't expect it to be exactly like 2013. Well, 2013 was a different animal. I look forward to what's coming. Hope everyone has a safe and happy new year. I'll be back in January. And I'll be back in January. Chrissy. P.S. In the midst of so much complaining, I found this article this morning, which ought to put things into perspective for all of Doctor Who uh, fandom. And I will add that to the show notes. And P.P.S. In case you don't get my subject lines reference. Here's this, and she's got a YouTube link there, which is to Harry Potter. Yep, and the Death I almost said it when we uh, when I was reading it, but I didn't. Um, I haven't read this article yet, but it's talking about the 50th anniversary in a parallel universe. It's it's kind of an interesting what if story about you know we for anybody who wants to complain about uh, the Christmas special sucked or Stephen Moffat should be roasted by you know a fat of his own pudding or any of that kind of nonsense, um, that just think about the fact that we could be celebrating the 50th anniversary in a year that they didn't reboot Who. We could be doing it like we did the 40th anniversary. And, and we could be sitting around, and maybe they would have trotted some of the old doctors out on a uh, talk show for a Talking Heads piece, and that would have been the extent of the 50th anniversary celebrations, and maybe there would have been a Dalek-shaped BBC ident 
because they don't want to forget their heritage. <laughs> and um, that would have been it, yeah. you know. But, yeah. in, you know. Certainly true. Instead, we got new episode, and we got continued celebrations, and we got Doctor Who Revisited, and we got new episodes found of old stuff, and we got, I mean, you know. So, count your blessings, kids. <laughs> That's the, the moral of the story. And last but not least, Megan. Megan writes We in. haven't heard from Megan in a long time. We right haven't. Now. Handles of Tears is her subject line. Hello, Vortexians, and a Merry Christmas to you all. It's been a while since my last bit of incoherent feedback. You know how life gets, but finally I had time to catch up on podcasts, and this episode is just too darn important for me not to chime in. Keith, I'm right there with you. Matt is my doctor. The first episode I watched live was the 11th hour back in 2010. So I was pre, uh, predetermined that I would be a broken person during this regeneration episode. And boy, was I wrecked. It took, actually took me until my second viewing to appreciate the poetic nature of the script, which granted has pacing issues. The traditional trope of the Doctor having to watch his companions age and die is inverted, and it was honestly the most tragic and upsetting part of this episode for me. When Clara, who was wonderful in this, came back the second time to find a 600-plus-year-old Doctor... He was still so sweet and and funny, but I couldn't take him not being able to open that cracker. That is a specific moment when the floodgates opened. Matt Smith was just outstanding in this. His speech at the end was beautiful, and I was sobbing a sobbing mess throughout it. Moffat succeeded in wrapping up all the threads, more or less. I'm not completely satisfied with the TARDIS exploding explanation. Why did the silence blow it up on that particular day? How'd they do it? But otherwise, I was good with everything else. Especially the explanation of why Doctor Who is the first question. Right, well, that was brilliant. I'll wrap this up because I'm sure you have a ton of feedback to get to. Overall, I liked the episode. Not love, but following the 50th was always going to be a bit of a letdown. In the end, the 11th Doctor went out like a hero. Brave and selfless with dignity and class. And that's all I really wanted. Also, R.I.P. Handles. You were rad. <laughs> Megan. P.S. Capaldi and his kidneys had me very excited. Can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Megan. It was good to hear Thank from you, you Megan. Again. Always good to hear from you. Well, <clears throat> we've delayed the inevitable. The 11th hour is over now. The clock is striking 12s. Who wants to tackle it? Dun, dun, dun. (laughs) (laughs) I'll go. All right. Lay it on me. (laughs) I I thought it was a beautiful and poetic (coughs) swan song and did a a great job wrapping up all of the storylines to start a brand new run. That's my short... Review. There was lots and lots and lots I loved in this. Among many things, of the doctor's worn his face the longest now. <laughs> <laughs> I love that Moffat's made that. Uh, so uh, Capaldi's now two th- comes in as the doctor, as two thousand years old likely. And so the face he's had has been Matt Smith's for the longest. 
which makes my heart happy. <laughs> um, God, I don't know where to start with anything else. Um, you know, I went into this thinking maybe I didn't have my expectations very high because we just came off of Day of the Doctor a month ago. And, and it was, was so, so great, and I absolutely loved it. And so I think I went into this with the right frame of mind because I went, okay, well, this is going to be sad. It's a tragic ending. It can't possibly be as good as Day of the Doctor. And so I went into it with that mentality, and I think I enjoyed it even more because it was a very good episode. Was it as good as Day of the Doctor? No, but I didn't expect it to be. But it was simply... The nice swan song for Matt Smith. It was a, I think Chrissy said it, it settled by subtly tying up the loose ends without feeling like they were crammed in, but still yeah. being quite plausible reference points for a while of that happened. It, it played out so nicely. And I think I came out of it thinking it was even better than I went in expecting the episode to be. And I, I would agree. I think it was paced out well. And when I look at this overall, not only is it the capstone on Matt Smith's era, but even ultimately... It bookends it so well. Well, it does. But ultimately what it does is I look now at the name of the Doctor, the day of the Doctor, and the time of the Doctor, as now they're all named in that same vein, as three parts. It's a three-act story. It's a three-act story. And I think Moffat, Moffat crafted it well because I equally enjoyed name of the Doctor... And I loved Day of the Doctor, and I equally loved uh, Time of the Doctor. And so now is this three-part story here that, you know, all of which wrap up, not just Smith's era, but but all the way back harkening to the reboot of the series, or the relaunch of the series, I should say. And so I just, I can't say anything more other than that was just, it was so enjoyable. I mean, we'll obviously go in and talk about some of our favorite parts and some of the things that that happened, but overall, my my mini review as you <laughs> gave is just that how beautifully it was crafted and done, and in such a way that it didn't have to be, even though it was an exciting romp, it didn't have to be this big grand, you know, finale, and 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 it it it, it didn't feel anything like a Russell T Davis, which which I feel that Moffat has gone which and done a, with like the Pandora opens and the Big Bang. Um, not that I'm faulting Russell T Davis's no. grandeur. But I always, that was like, story I always tight. felt like I uh, always felt like Stephen Moffat kind of went there for the finale, at least of that season, and even maybe with River uh, Wedding to River Song. I think it kind of went there, but this was just kind of this well, peaceful. What was not what I, what I really appreciated about it was good the, storytelling without having to be great. The, the stakes were high, but it didn't feel like the stakes were high. It wasn't until you stopped and thought, "Oh wait, if he says whatever, if he says his name." That means the time war is going to start all over again. It's going to wreak havoc across the cosmos. But it wasn't... It was there, but it wasn't this... It's going to happen! Right, right. It was more of a standoff of of a Russell T. Davies story. Yeah, yeah, that's true. It's a standoff, it was a standoff of, issue of it, but it wasn't done in this... Yeah. It wasn't done in Stolen Earth... In, or, yeah. Uh, I, uh, Journey's End. Journey's End, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that, that, that's really an interesting way of looking at it. I haven't really thought about it. it, it Which, but, and it fits his run 
more. Like, Matt's uh, uh, and Moffat's run, while there were quite a few Earth stories, it didn't feel as present-based as RTD's run did. Yeah, yeah And true. therefore, the stakes weren't always the Earth's in danger, the Earth's in danger, the Earth's in danger. It took us back out into the universe. It gave us more of an alien feel to the show. And that's also why this is so appropriate for, of an ending. And it's the same way. that the whole time, and, yeah. it, and he ended it that way, too, yeah. Um, mini review. <laughs> you don't have to give a mini review, but we kind of started that trend. So I... the episode's flawed. There are structural problems. There are plot problems, and there are device trope problems, and none of it mattered. Because it was what it meant, what it was meant to be. Um, if I were to to nitpick on it, it would almost be one of those you didn't give me what you advertised. Like the trailers for it made me think we were getting an RTD epic stand, you know, big. Well, that's your own fault. Yeah, no, I, 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 no, I'm totally, I'm totally on the side of that. Because it, 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 the, the, the trailers made it appear that we were going to get this big, huge, epic battle. And we've got Cybermen and, and Daleks and Weeping Angels and Science. And I, everybody's in the episode. All right. And then they were and just instead, dealt with in waves. It was a standoff. Yeah. I'd never, I, I hadn't thought of that. Because the story was about... The Doctor. The Doctor. Mm-hmm. It was not about this battle. It was not about Trenzor. It wasn't about any See, of that. I think it was about him. Why I liked it so much. And was. him coming to accept the fact that that, that time has run out. And, you know, as, 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 our, as our listeners said, that he, he went out helping kids and fighting monsters and saving people. And it was done beautifully. I, that, it, it was just, it was, it literally was the It's probably the best regeneration ever. In the history of the show, it's probably the best handled regeneration. We've had ones that have been sudden. We've had ones that have been heartbreaking. We've had ones that have been noble. We've had ones that have been... Selfish. Selfish. We've had ones that have been, quite frankly, a little ridiculous. (laughs) (laughs) Well, when you fall on the floor and conk your head and regenerate, that's kind of ridiculous. (laughs) And the blonde wig falls off, and your face is all. Um, but th- th- this is uh, this the is blonde wig didn't fall off. You always say that it didn't it's fall just, off. It's just, it's just the way he rolls over. <laughs> all, all I see is wig and a special effect. But um, yeah, it's it's probably the best the best handled of, of the Doctor's regenerations, and the fact that it's the last one is very very. You know, I think it's very fitting in that way. It was done in such a way when if you compared it with tens. And we, we kind of said as much as we enjoyed his grand tour of the universe while he's dying. <laughs> and saying I'm glad we didn't everybody. get that again. That felt very self-serving and very... I mean, as much as I enjoyed it, it was a little well, too it, on point, mm-hmm, if you will. Mm-hmm. This kind of felt like the same sentiment without the self-serving nature of it. It was done... So much better. I'm say well, it. <laughs> I think I think part of that is because the showrunner wasn't leaving too, because I think some of it been. was RTD writing himself into that bit of I'm, I want to say goodbye to all these characters mm-hmm. I've created. Yeah, throughout I, the, I yeah it very easily could be. So, 
But um, Blake hadn't seen it yet, and when I saw him on Saturday, he asked me what I thought of it, and my short description to him was also, it was, I found it as emotionally satisfying as it was satisfying for the plot wrap-up of the arcs that are going on. I think it's equally as important, plot-wise and emotionally. Of a resolution, I, I agree with. That. Equally as important, yes. I, I think it's equally as satisfying too. Now, I'm I, curious because you've already laid it out there. I want to know what the structural trope and story problem. I uh, maybe I, I, I I've only seen it once. Educate me. <laughs> I, I've only seen it once, so I, I reserve right to reserve well, re- reverse judgment I'm, at I'm any point. Jump time out and say this, I've so. only seen it once too. Okay. I've watched it twice. I'm really surprised. I watched it, cried my eyes out, and missed half of the last <laughs> the last five minutes of it. So I was like, "Well, I guess I better go." I, I almost went and rewatched it that night, but waited until the next night instead. Blood for punishment. Um, the okay, so it, it starts beautifully. We've got Clara being Clara and doing. I, I like this kind of idea that the companions are allowed to have lives outside of the TARDIS. I really, yeah. I wasn't sure how I felt about that originally when, when he started it's doing it. It's a very Sarah Jane Rory. thing to do. But it is. It's, it's, That's it's, one of the things we've always liked about Sarah Jane. I, it's, it's very cool that they still have this and then they get to go on an adventure on the weekend. You know, it's just kind of that, that, uh, Wednesdays. Yeah. Wednesdays. Wednesdays. Yes. She goes on her adventure. She goes on Wednesdays. And Christmas was on Wednesday. Yep. But, um, I, I the, the, the reactions, the, the you know, the inventing a boyfriend. I did that once. It's really hard to dismantle an android. No, I you know, <laughs> so we be my boyfriend. Oh yeah, well I have to read a manual. I'm a little rusty. Blah blah. No, I just need you for this. Oh well, this conversation went down too quickly. You know, I just, <laughs> the whole boom, 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 boom. The, everything worked in that. Um, there's a really fun. But there's meme. a doctor also not uh, being half serious and half playful too. Yes, yeah. yes. And there's a really fun meme where somebody pointed out that um, the. Uh, what is he? Grandmother. Grand. Grand is wearing a ring that appears to be the spitting image of the ring that Amy is wearing at the end of the episode. And her comment about he was standing there and I wished that moment would last forever. And so now everybody's like, oh, Clara's grand is Amy is an old woman. <laughs> it's like, you have no idea how much that does not work. <laughs> I love the sentiment. I'm all for it, but it doesn't work. But, okay. Right. Anyway, um, I, I loved all that. I love that bit. The papal mainframe, when we get to the meat of the adventure story, I, I'm i kind of torn on this one because I I, I, I think, and, and Brenda, I'm going to call you out on something here, so don't get mad at me. I don't think it was done in such a way as let's poke fun at the church. I think the first time we saw them, it might have been. When and we see them the in Good Man Goes Parter. to War and the Angel Two-Parter, it's it's kind of this... They're, they're, they're almost portrayed as bad guys, you know, this this omnipotent church. And so I liked the fact that they reined it in a little bit, and that in this instance, the church is here to preserve the peace and stop everybody from going down there it and, kind and of wreaking f- havoc. It fixes the, this, the... In hindsight, the... The church in the Angel Two Parter, I think. Yes, 
And I think it's a wonderful sci-fi premise, and I think it works incredibly well in a science fiction show. Of all of, of all genres, if you're going to do something that's church-related, science fiction in many ways is the perfect idea to do it because you can do something that's a little oddball and not necessarily offend a bunch of people because you can write it off as science fiction and therefore it doesn't count. So I, I liked that aspect of it, but it was almost I wanted more of it. I really see. I, I wanted more of how does this interplay let me, work? Let me jump in here because I land right in the middle because I agree with Brenda that I think that it, it, they were playing playing it and having some fun with that, and I think that our, because it was already established in the Man Goes to War, well, and even uh, excuse me, the Angel Two Parter, right, and built upon in Good Man Goes to War and then kind of pulled to full fruition, I think that was still part of the ongoing joke. So I would agree with her that they're sort of playing fun at it with for that idea. However, also land on the same side of they did sort of rail it back and make it a little more, more respect to it. Give, yeah, give, yeah, there's the word. It gave it a little more respect because it was there to preserve the peace and to... to Watch over. Yeah, just I mean, if you if you put them all together, it seems like the first handful of episodes that we get with them, it's very much a joke. It's meant to poke fun at the church, and in this one, I feel like they they they, they railed it back but a little bit. They are was, still well, they're still using all of the same things that they set up there, so they, yeah. it, it is still they are still playing it for for poking fun as well. Um, I really like the idea of the silence as priests. I'm still not quite sure how that works. Yeah, but. <laughs> I kind of scratched my head at that bit because what's the good? Okay, I'm sorry, but the point of confessing is to make yourself feel better. If how you are forget, you gonna, if you don't remember that you confessed, how how do you know you did and therefore feel better about it? Yeah. Well, I, maybe I, that's coming I, okay, at it as an on. atheistic point. There of you view. go. And let me look at it. Let me try to approach it from a different look. Is that if you're supposed to confess not for your own well-being, but for your soul, soul and your um, relationship with God, wouldn't it be more important that you forgot about it? But if you're repenting from your sin, you need to remember your sin so you don't repeat it. Well, I agree with that, but so. <laughs> See, it almost seems like, if in, in this instance, if this is what okay. their true purpose is, it seems like it ought to work in on. reverse. That but you ought to on. forget that you did something bad so that you feel good about it coming out of the but confession booth. As See, opposed to forgetting that you You're looking confessed. at it from the feel good about it. If, and a lot of, unfortunately, a lot of Catholics go to confession so they feel better about themselves. Yes. But ultimately, if you forget that you have, you've got a clean slate. You have asked for forgiveness. You have re- been redeemed. And then you forget about it. You've, you've got a fresh start. So you've got a chance to not do it again and not say, well, okay, I can just go. That's the other thing I have a problem with religion is you can say, okay, all I have to do is go ask for forgiveness and then everything's okay. I can go back out and start drinking and doing everything again as long as I turn around and go back and do This leaves the onus on you. If you've forgotten that you've done it, now you've got a fresh slate because you have been forgiven, you've repented, and then you go back out there you can do what you're supposed to do and stay away from those sorts of things. And if you don't, then it's even worse for you because you have okay. just fallen back to that same wayside. So it eliminates the whole idea that I can just ask for forgiveness and then go do whatever it's, the hell it's, I want. It's, it's, it does it's do trying that. to take out the loophole. Yes, How, exactly. Okay. Yeah. But it, wouldn't you still think you forget that you confessed, so then you'd still think you need to go confess. And Which is fine. 
So as long as you have, I, I guess as you long as you've been, you've been washed yeah, of okay. whatever you're doing, you're yeah, yeah, then you're, you, you have another chance. You don't know that you got the second chance, but you've gotten another chance, or you, a third chance, you, or fourth chance, or, or you, chance. Or you constantly feel guilty because you haven't gone and confessed because you can't remember that you did. Right, and yeah. that might even keep you more sin less. Well, no one's sinless according to the church, but but like, can keep you from, yeah, misbehaving. from misbehaving. Yeah. yeah okay. It makes me wonder how. Wait, we're getting way too esoterical yeah. for no, this. Well, <laughs> no, no, no. That, that, I'm sorry. That's one of the things that I love about this show is that you can have these kinds of discussions about a minor plot point, and that you know you, you go off on this stuff. Um, it makes me really wonder though how Madame K got her splinter group to to peel off from the church because she thought she had a better plan she still had the same goal ultimately she, she, she and that was had, to, to avoid the situation with, altogether which and re we watched the Pandora opens today just because we felt like watching something and I fully believe that they were going back in the timeline okay so each instance we see them well wibbly wobbly a little bit um series 7 notwithstanding well Series six and most of that arc, notwithstanding, they that that is all kind of one attempt, and then since that didn't work, then they went back and there's a failsafe inside River. I concur with that. Yeah, that causes the TARDIS to explode. She oh. there, there's they, they built a failsafe in the river in case the shooting the doctor by the by the lake doesn't work. They know later in the time they 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 then try again and fit and. Let this fail safe off, where she's in the TARDIS and accidentally does something and doesn't know she did it, setting emotion. That it will, does explain that, why she that, says, "I'm sorry, my yeah. love." But the yeah, I think and they the, are two different attempts. They're two different I attempts. I agree with that. And I'm now in my head, just it's backwards. We're seeing the. I like second your. Attempt. I like your. Which you know, then presume it. Presume which it. then That's causes a, unfortunately the cracks. wasn't completely answered Ooh. as to how, but the why was answered. Yeah. See, I got the reverse from that from this episode. Is that it wasn't the TARDIS exploding that caused the cracks? It was the Time Lords trying to get through from no, the other they, universe. They, they, they were using it. the weak point of the skin of the universe to get try to get through. And they make that you're going to break down a wall. You're see, this, this, this is one of those areas that I was a little fuzzy on. With they how make, it, they make out. it clear enough that they, that the TARDIS exploding is what caused what allows the Time Lords to reach through. Mm-hmm. And okay. unfortunately, to, it's it's a cause and effect, effect and cause problem, though, because unfortunately, Kevorkian's tr- group's trying to go back to prevent which, what's which happening now, even, and ultimately created the problem. Uh, uh, they call it a destiny trap? Is that what it was? Destiny trap, which, yes. a nice kind of callback to previous. It's true. Okay. Um, I think Trenzalore is a pretty muddled mess. I don't think that there's anything that event-wise that happens on Trenzalore that really makes sense. I get the idea that they're they're sending these people in the waves and that you can't get any real technology down onto the planet because of the shield, which is why we get things like wooden Cybermen. Um, I, don't, I, I think it feels like more of a mess once the Daleks just start constantly Once the war breaks out... That that's when it kind of I can see it, it starts to fall apart for me a little bit. Like I, I get the standoff part of the beginning, but the, the 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 okay now here it all is, and so it's the church siding with the doctor, and it's him leading this army of Which silence. Which I thought was very that was the cool. Very cool. Fighting alongside silence was pretty neat. Yeah, but why? 
because the Daleks had become stronger and had started to infiltrate. They were clearly the dominant um, they, they, they'd faction. They'd that either was gotten rid of or through. scared everyone else off above. Okay, see, I didn't get that. I yeah. also got the impression that that all <laughs> either of either killed or no, got... all of the other. Well, they, some of them could have run, but I got the impression from that that essentially the Doctor had fought long enough that everybody else had just fallen and failed, except for the except Dalek. for the Daleks. Were they were the only ones that were still because course, they're cockroaches. Which explains well, <laughs> but which explains which explains why it ultimately the time war came down to the Time Lords and yes. the Daleks. It's still. It still mirrors still that idea. Of that same fight. Yeah, yeah, it still mirrors that idea or extension of that same fight that that the Daleks are ultimately destined to be the best and the baddest in the universe. <laughs> Although that was clever, that was clever of the Cybermen to uh, convert into wooden Cybermen. That was, oh, oh, oh. Okay, and I absolutely love that scene <laughs> because. The truth filter, I think, is a fantastic device because yes. what it does is it forces you to write clever. Yes. It forces Which, you to write it, clever. It was set up – it wasn't until like I think halfway through the episode, even after we get that great bit of them spouting the truth in the beginning to the villagers. It took me like halfway through, I think almost until like Clara comes back, that, oh – on the fields of Trimzalor, <laughs> the poem came back to my yeah. mind, and I was like, "Oh yeah, smart, yeah." Um, so beautifully done in the sense that how he talks. But Caitlin, she couldn't wrap her brain around that at first because she said, "Wait a minute, he can't lie." And so, which and I kind of had a problem with it, the second you know, part. So, of the poem. so why why did that work? And then he, I said, because he ultimately said. He said exactly what his screwdriver would have done. It's exactly what it would have done. And so the 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 Cyberman believed him and turned his gun around because he thought it was going to shoot out the back and shot himself. And he fixes it by saying, oh, I didn't tell you it doesn't work on wood. (laughs) And when she finally thought about it, she goes, oh, so the Cyberman killed himself because he really could have turned it around. (laughs) Or really couldn't turn it around because he couldn't. I didn't, okay, I, it, that it makes me, more it, sense it, it, it now. I didn't get that. It took my second viewing to it, say, scan my screw, he says, scan my screwdriver, that's the command I sent. Yep. And it was. He it, did not lie. It was sent. the command he sent. But it wouldn't have worked. But it doesn't work on wood. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was so well done. And, and it was it was almost, it was almost Caitlin having the question that made it even more convincing for me that I could work it out. Because I thought, you know what, if I'd have had to gone back and rewatch that, not got it the first time, I'd have been mad. I'd have been, okay, yes, it worked now, but I had to go back and look at it. But by her asking the question and me working it through in my mind, I went, oh yeah, no, it worked. <laughs> it, trailed, it trailed right on through. So. Okay, that, you fixed that then, because I, I, I didn't get that. The, the, now, you, it was wonderful that he brought the whole uh, Moffat bringing back the it doesn't work on one <laughs> in such a clever way it also yeah. just gave me chills because I went that was a wonderful way to close that you know because we've we've been talking about that we make jokes about it every time it doesn't work on wood it doesn't work on wood <laughs> we say that all the time and then to have that in there was a nice little nod for me and then he almost made it work in the 50th <laughs> <laughs> they found a way to get it to, it just almost. takes forever it yeah. just yeah It'll work on word eventually. <laughs> um, um, I, 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 you fixed this for me at work, but you should address it on the podcast. I kind of had a trouble with the idea after I remembered the poem and uh, during watching it, could only remember the first line, and then couldn't remember 
And uh, it's on the fields of Trenzalor when no lies can be spoken and the and no one can fail to answer. No one can when, fail to no answer. No one can speak falsely or fail to answer. Yes. So they speak falsely that, or fail to answer. I kind of had trouble with the idea of, well, he's failing to answer the question. And you fixed it for me at work. Do you he's never how? he's never failed to answer the question. He's just delaying yeah. the answer. And ultimately what he has to do is delay his answer until he can no longer answer it, which is death. And that's why he's waiting for it. That's why he can't leave there. That's yeah. why he can't go away. He he realizes that he can't do that. So that that, that line in the poem does not contradict it whatsoever. No. Because he's not ever going to fail to answer that until he dies, and then it creates an issue. But he's not failing to answer it. It's death that, that conquers it for and, him. And, 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 the, and the beauty of that, which that I did get, is that as soon as he realizes what's going on, that's his out. Matt Smith, Matt, Matt Smith's doctor has realized that the only way for this to end is with my death. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And because I am on my last regeneration, this is it. Mm-hmm. I can delay this for as long and, as I can. And he and does. No and it, it fits so perfectly to what we had learned of Trenzalore in the name of the doctor. Had it, were, had it not been for... The, the Time Lords, Lords intervening. actually changed things this time. He and of all would, the people who have died there, things, and the hardest the ones are most dead, adamant about and we not would have had, Yeah, it, it works so perfectly. I I really don't have any complaints about the story. Yeah, that, that part of it worked, I thought, really well. And where in the day of the Doctor, if there's any question as to whether this is actually what happened or they did manage to ri- rewrite what happened, because the, the question with the day of the Doctor is. Did this is this what always happened? They just don't remember it because the timelines are out of sync. So he never really did destroy uh, uh, Gallifrey. That he put it in a pocket universe. The Daleks believed they destroyed it, so they're going to continue to perpetuate that idea. The uh, Doctor thinks he destroyed it because he has forgotten the events of what happened. So there's always been that question of did they really rewrite time? Or is this always what happened and they just didn't realize it? In this instance, this ultimately is the Time Lords changing the results because we start this three-part trilogy explaining his death and where it is and what, you know, the the monument that was left to them, which I I love. I love the fact that that the monument is still there because he landed it there. He brought it there to bring him there for his, his, you know, final hurrah. So that was neat. So you have to, in this case, ultimately say that things were changed because things in in name of the doctor clearly ended differently because he must have died because his time stream was left there. Yes. As as what was left. And it totally fixes also the fact that they do change it. So therefore, yes, he did die there at one point, but it was changed. And so it was still his consult room. Because there was kind of the part of my mind of naming the doctor of... You did say that, yeah, too. Would how, the console room still be the same, or if this was further down the yeah, and time so, stream, and that it could have totally changed. fixes it. Yeah, it completely fixes it. There's, there's so much... <laughs> it fixes a lot of my problems. John, what else is wrong with this? Come on, let's fix <laughs> Come it. Come on. We'll fix it all. <laughs> there, there, there's so much that Moffat has set in stone with this episode that I cannot be appreciative enough for. Moving the goalposts, for one thing. Moving the goalposts. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to wrap all this up. You guys are all freaking out worried about it. Boom. 
New regeneration cycle. War Doctor does count. Guess what? Handy Doctor does, does count. count. Which <laughs> or Metacrisis Doctor. I, I, I wonder if he really... That part of the story, I don't think he had planned. I think I don't think Trinzalore he no, had planned. No, no. I don't I don't think so. No, I think, no, no, no. I, I think he mapped out where he was going with this yes. early on, but I don't think how he, he knew how he was going to get there. He did, yeah, exactly. Yeah, he didn't have the vehicles. He, it wasn't until Christopher Eccleston said no. Yeah, that I, would agree. I don't think we got this. Okay, this is the plan. I would agree. This is what we're doing. I would agree with that. Otherwise, I don't think you would have included Handy Doctor. It was. It was there. Well, then if if Eccleston had said yes, how would that have affected? I, I think nine would have been the War Doctor. Okay. Yeah. And it just would have. It would have been a lot simpler of a story. I would agree. I think when Chris I, no, I, said well, that, no, that, that, he realized how he could how this was going to work. That, I think he. I, that, I think that, he knew it was a long shot asking Chris. Yeah. But if, if Chris was the War Doctor, if Chris had fought the war, it still would have been Doctor Nine. That's what we're saying. Yeah. And then ten and eleven. So where does he this get the story extra two regeneration? This story from? would not have that been his worked. final. That's what we're saying. It, this would not have been his final. He still would have had. Oh, one you don't more. think he had that part of it? Planned. No. Yeah. Uh, and I, I, think I don't think he the idea giving, went. Thank you, Russell, for giving me another way to move that goalpost. <laughs> yeah. He, he realized still, he that. still could have done it with Shock Doctor, <laughs> <laughs> which he might have been toying around with, and that might have been part of the reason he well, brought. He reached out to Russell. He reached uh, out to yeah. uh, uh, Richard E. Richard Grant, e. Grant yeah. as I, and I think that he might have had some things up his sleeve and went different different way with it. But he probably um, he probably had a, a an A plot, a B plot, a C plot. <laughs> the, the man A is going to be Eccleston, B is going to be something else, C is going to be Shock. Yeah. If I can't get these two to work, I'll write Shock a Doctor, and people <laughs> man, go, "What the, the hell?" Works in, in just some amazing weird ways, but but what else is wrong? So, what else so, is wrong? So moving the goalposts first and foremost. That was that, that's that's phenomenally brilliant that we we've we've tackled that. Step two, uh, regeneration cycles. I think we can unequivocally say are now. Granted by the time yes, awards, that, that's yes. pretty definitive at this point. That's it's, always been my belief. It's not biological. It's not a law. It's a here. Yeah, it's always been my belief, though, because and it simply comes back to the precedent was set by the fact that the time lords offer the master an entire new set of regenerations. Yes. To me, that was always right, but he is now unequivocally said, "Yeah, hey, guess what." Five doctors. <laughs> this, is, this is how that. That's works. what it is. And how cool was it? That and he also pulls out the thing from yeah. the five doctors, oh, yeah, yeah, the, yeah. the recall device. Oh wow! Well, and oh, the cool thing, yeah, that was neat. The cool thing is, that he, he also basically qualifies the twelve uh, regenerations from uh, uh, Deadly Assassin. He, he qualifies that and qualifies the fact that they're given by from another episode as well. All of the Time Lord centric stories, the things that are built around the Time Lords, were all qualified within this yeah, episode. All, all, all of that was, was set. And um, yeah, the recall device was. I was oh, <laughs> wow! He never gave that back. <laughs> <laughs> I never thought about it before. But he didn't. I never thought about it either. But I thought the same thing. He still got that. Well, he kept it in his pocket the whole time. <laughs> I'll just hold on to this in case I need it. <laughs> Surely he could have reversed the polarity on that and used it as a homing beacon to figure out where Gallifrey was at now, right? Be- he did be- use the be- line, reverse the something, and he, he didn't said re- say polarity, but reverse the... Oh, no, he said, I think he said reverse the, the polarity. Cyberman, he said reverse he the polarity. Reverse the polarity. He, he didn't say polarity. Say, yeah. He didn't oh, yeah, say the, the neutron flow. He said if you reverse, reverse the, polarity. the polarity. Yeah, you did say that. He did say that. Um, what else? There was something else there right at the end that, in that that spiel that I thought, oh, well, that that takes care of that now. 
Um, obviously, Handy Doctor is, or Metacrisis Doctor is official. Yep. I, I love that line about it, though. Well, I had vanity issues. No, he time. said that guy had vanity that guy oh, had yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was a little bit of a jab there. But Are I'll, you forgetting I'll Captain Grumpy? I'll take it. Um, I'm forgetting Captain Grumpy. Yeah, but that's still only, <laughs> still only 12. Well, <laughs> the bald scene. <laughs> Oh, I did not see that you. coming wow. at all. <laughs> you know what? Because what have I been saying since we saw the the trailer or the preview or the the fiftieth anniversary little trailer thing where he's standing at the end, they show all the doctors and the first what was the first thing I said about he's eleven wearing he's wearing a wig, it's obvious. <laughs> and then I saw the, the clips or the, the pictures and we were talking about how well the wig doesn't look so bad there. But good. I said it's you could still tell it's a wig. And Honestly. so all along I kept thinking, I'm gonna notice this wig, I'm gonna notice this wig. So the first thing that Matt comes on the screen, I go Still looks like a wig. Still looks like I a wig. And when he it was supposed to be a wig until he oh pulled it off. Oh my gosh! When he pulled it off, I, I, but, but I'm still outside the story saying, "Well, that's Matt wearing a wig." I'm I, inside the story. I'm saying, "Well, that's the doctor, and it's his real hair." That's we just we're gonna go with that. And when he Moffat, you're genius. Best way to handle the the best way to handle a guy like me going. Uh, the doctor with a wig is yeah, it's a wig. It's like wow, and you got bored, did you? <laughs> Just a little bit. <laughs> because it is, and he only wears the wig for a little bit longer because then it's obvious that it's not his real hair because it's the gray hair. And everything, so it's it's obvious that it's the a older, different wig. It's, it's going to have to be a wig for that. Yeah. <laughs> and it made the prosthetics look so much better because he didn't have his real hair in the way. Right, yeah. right. The um, and I'm sorry, I thought the middle age, I thought the middle age makeup think, looked great. I think I don't the, know what you guys I think are they all seeing. Good. They all look well, they good. Looked the good but I, I didn't. I, I for some reason maybe the it's old again, I thought looked better than the middle. The old just it. But maybe it's because Matt is old. Well, here's why. Because young Matt and old Matt, or young 11 and old 11, are, are strikingly different. But middle-aged 11 it, it, it's, it's nice is gap. enough of a close two that you, you just, there's something unsettlingly Maybe that's and what a little it is. wrong. But when I kept looking at the makeup, looking for the lines, looking for the flaws, looking, I couldn't see it. I was yeah. going, this is an aged skin is what this is. And that worked for me. See, I didn't think it was flawed. I didn't think that it was like, oh, wait. Crappy makeup job. I can it tell was a good makeup. makeup job, but it just looked. I it, mean, did, it didn't sell the age as much as the maybe that, that's the best way. better way to put it. I mean, obviously, you're never going to pull one over on me and make me go, "Wow, how did you age Matt Smith 500 years for this episode?" <laughs> but and it, he didn't turn into Dobby. Yeah, yes. my goodness. <laughs> well, but he turned into what? Grant, Grant. He turned into what Tennant would have looked like when he was old. That's what I liked about the, yeah. the last of the Time Lords. If we'd have stayed at that point where if, we if had the, the elderly doctor, but then we, yeah, that, it that pushed it. To the extreme, it, it took yeah. it to Which I didn't have a problem with the old doctor, the Tennant. Right, yeah. exactly. Um, and, and thank you, Stephen, for doing the hairstyle of the first doctor. Yeah. Oh, that was, that was so, so appropriate. Cool. It didn't look didn't, exactly like the first Doctor's hair, but it had that same. You I know, didn't even balding here or, or receding hairline, no. hairline here. The long, long white hair in the, the back. back. It wasn't until people online said he kind of looked like William Hartnell that I was like, 
Oh, he did have the same hairstyle. <laughs> I didn't even think about it. Oh, I know. Right away, I went. Of course, I had just come out of watching a bunch of hard <laughs> <laughs> But I went, oh, nice touch. Nice little touch. Okay, so what's up with handles? Handles was awesome. Handles was awesome. Handles was awesome. Did, but- did, did he sound like Mr. <laughs> Smith to anybody else? It's not the same guy. I wondered. He sounded very familiar. I couldn't I put my finger like on where he, where, where he had he sounded the voice like from. robot voice A to me. I'm sorry. Really? Mr. Smith smell, sounds like, smells like? Sounds, sounds like, like robot voice Oh, well, it was obviously C. not. Uh, see, I, I, thought sound, I thought Handel sounded familiar. Like a vo- I didn't think of Mr. Smith until you said that. It, that it was the second that, view and I'm like, Mr. Smith. Jarvis is to me up. robot voice J. <laughs> no, it doesn't sound like everybody you goes, hey, so that's that's what's his name. That's what's his name. totally... I don't hear that. I don't hear that guy. It's the other one that it looks like. I hear a pleasant British robot voice. That's what I hear. I, I'm sorry guys, I don't know. They're all just robots. Paul. Is it Paul? Maybe they're selling it to me better than you guys are because I'm supposed to be hearing robot voice. <laughs> Not, hey, that sounds like Mr. Smith. That sounds like Paul Bettany. Thank Bettany. you. Paul Bettany. Paul Bettany. I always get the two confused sometimes. I don't see how. You don't think they look at all similar? No. Long faces and redheads? No. Who? Paul Bettany and Rice Even? Oh... They're no. similar in structure, but no. I wouldn't get them confused. <laughs> anyway, um, but where did handles come from? Yeah, what what was the? They're almost like we needed at, a prequel at, for at, handles. At what, at what point was he? See, that's I, not I a problem. That. That's not a problem, though, Sean. Well, because they've established that she's off doing her exactly, thing, and he's, and he's off, off doing, doing his thing, thing, and it just so happens to involve Cyberman. It's, it's something from a story that somebody now gets a chance to write about and in a novel. D- d- does anybody? There's not a well, problem. I, I know where he came from, but <laughs> I've already written a London That's right. Did anybody think that when he shows up on the Dalek ship with the, uh, <laughs> the Dalek eye stock? Hey, it's the same one from. Night oh, then he pulled off, they pulled off the, the yeah. wall. Oh, I said yeah. the torches look like eye stocks. I yeah. wonder why. <laughs> I wonder. If, I wonder if that's one of those weird self fulfilling things. Because if 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 that is in fact in which one's the first one? Name of the, Name doctor. Of the doctor. If if that in Name of the Doctor is a relic of the war. That it's a Dalek that blew up on Trenzalore during that siege, and he grabbed it to use as a torch, and it actually is a legitimate Dalek eye stock. Did he then keep it, and it went into the TARDIS, and then they went back in time? Why is it? And he showed it to one of the Dalek. Maybe the Dalek that first lit up. He's like, "Hey, that's mine. (laughs) (laughs) It's going to get blown up at some point." I don't know. I just thought that was cool. Why isn't it the Dalek guy stock that he ripped off the one in Wedding River Song? Did he rip one off in Wedding? Yeah. I remember he opened one like a can opener. I don't remember him ripping the eye stock. He pulls the eye stock off. Uh, Well, maybe because he used the eye stock as proof when he went to enter the chess tournament. That's true. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that's been for a long time since we that was that was oh, so season six. <laughs> Who can remember? It was a whole season ago. Yeah. Um, where are we going with that? Oh, handles. So I, I just I like I like sometimes the, the, being plopped into a story well, and be able to go. Well, it's like, hey, it's I like bet the, there's a nice no, backstory to that, but do I need it? No. It's I, like the exploding ship at the beginning also, of Doctor the Wither Wardrobe. But why it worked is because it gave the Doctor a chance well, we to have a companion well, when. Well, yes, but we it don't gave know the Doctor a chance to have a companion while Clara's not there, and I like that I, concept. I, I, I agree with it you there too. It also ultimately comes down to being the longest companion the Doctor ever had. I agree with that as well. Long live Cybermen. 
the, the, the structure standpoint, though, bothers me that we had everything in Season 7 leading up to this big Name of the Doctor moment and who is this guy that now that I've rescued Claire from my time stream and the big dramatic reveal. And then we go into uh, Day of the Doctor and all of that is forgotten because we're off having our own little adventure. We don't talk about Captain Grumpy. We have no information on him. She's off teaching. He's off doing whatever he's been doing, reading quantum mechanics, whatever. Then we get into the meat of the story, and, oh, he happens to show up. And so we get to have this adventure. Gallifrey's coming back. Oh! And then this one starts, and we have forgotten all of that, and she's off cooking dinner and inventing boyfriends, and he's got a Cyberman head on a stick. It just... It's not connecting the dots enough. Exactly. For I, 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 okay. So I, you're not I, more for, accepting for, of. There's just some time in there. Well, that there's an, apparently a lot of time, but for for the for as. Well, I didn't know. Hey, oh, oh, oh. I didn't Welcome know. Welcome to traveling the vortex. <laughs> I didn't know there was a whole. Now bunch you of, know what I go through every, every single every story. I didn't know there was a whole bunch of adventures with Nisa between uh, uh, Arkham Infinity and Time Flight either. But hey, I'm finding out <laughs> there, there were. <laughs> I just it just for as well structured of a trilogy, and this really is. It really is. A trilogy of stories, a quadrilogy if you include Night of the Doctor. <laughs> as, as well structured as that is, it just seems like there's some very big gaping. I'm not going to deal with that moments. And hey, Luke, I, came, I ref- Luke came back in Return of the Jedi, a full fledged Jedi, and I didn't get to see any of the, that the, training the, the, or I, building I'm, the new I'm lightsaber not, I'm not asking, or anything I'm like not that. I'm asking for that. I'm, not, I'm just. <laughs> it novelized it though. <laughs> I'm just saying, I refuse. Well, I agree with you. <laughs> I, I refuse to believe that Moffat is a. Thank sloppy you for helping writer. me make my point. No, this is this is. A, I refuse to believe that Moffat is a sloppy writer. So I believe that he knows. Maybe it had to get why this stuff script. happened. Oh. I believe he's got he's connected the dots. He just didn't show us the connected dots. See, yeah. I believe that. So I, I, I maybe, don't know. but on the flip side of that, I also think Moffat is a a generous writer in the sense that. He likes to leave some mystery, and he likes that the fans are able to fill that in with their own imagination. And I think sure. that's the point yeah. there. Because I automatically said, when we watched Day of the Doctor, what happened between, what I presume happened I, I, I between just, the two. More and than now, anything, just wanted to see how they got is, out of the timeline. Yeah, well, I mean, the Doctor clearly got in there, so he got, <laughs> got him out. But Jumped. I got the impression that it wasn't it was easier getting I in think than because, out. Well, because Clara fixed everything, I think that just kind of worked it and reset it back to where Boop. it were. So. Booted him out? Well, he rebooted the universe, and Amy wished him back into existence, so... I, I don't know. I'm just. I'm a lot more forgiving with that. Okay. With the connecting, Mr. Wig, was I the only one who, in the middle of this huge emotional moment with Amy coming down the stairs, and I love the <laughs> close up on the ring that it's not Went. some fantasy version of Amy. It's married Amy. Yeah. Get over it. <laughs> huh. the, they're both wearing wigs. They're both wearing wigs. <laughs> I did. I did. Because I'm the guy going. Oh, there's Matt wearing a wig. Uh, oh look, uh, and now there's Amy wearing a wig. It didn't take me out of the moment enough, but it did. I did have that fleeting. Oh, they're both in wigs. I was too. <laughs> and then I, she opened her. Mouth I was too elated oh. that I had no idea that Amy would be there. Oh, and in fact, when little Amelia runs through, I thought, oh wow. Okay, That's even nice even though it's even yeah, though it's even not, though it's not the I knew it couldn't be though. So well, that didn't take me out of the story so either. Yeah, I've seen her recently. She's a little teenage girl now. Or, so young you know, lady. You know now. what it tells me? That's just an even younger version of Amelia. Unfortunately, they they did they shot it in such a way that it needed to re- not reveal her eyes at all. That's what gave it away that it was a totally different girl. Yes. But that aside, I sat there and went, oh, 
that's a nice way to put Amelia in this. This yeah. is how he. This is the first face that face met. It was fantastic, that was brilliant. And I thought, ah, oh, that's wonderful. And just way in the back of my mind was the. If only we could have had both versions of and, and just as literally I was finishing that sentence in the back of my head, she came down the steps. And I just had that. That's when I lost it. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> I, I looked at Holly and said, oh, that was perfect. <laughs> that was just. Mm. I felt a little mm. bad that it, 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 it's double-edged sword here. She says the perfect thing, too. I'm going to cry again. It's a double-edged sword for me because I loved the moment. Do not get me wrong. It was beautiful. And once again, it's a very Stephen Moffat thing that the doctor was her imaginary friend at the beginning of this whole run. And she's his imaginary, imaginary friend, friend at the end. I love it. I love that. But I didn't like that Claire got shoved to the side, that she's there. She's been there for him. She's been there for 300 years trying to get back to him to, to, to be there for him. And he's kind of off having this own little moment. That felt a little... I don't know. But because if it was you're so give, well but, done. But if this is the only amount of self-serving that we get compared to yeah. 10. <laughs> that, that, well, that's what I go back to. It's that moment of just. And I would think that the doctor would think back to, if not the very first person they saw, their first companion. Close your ears. No. Close your ears. No. Close your no. ears. No. no. All right. Screw you. Five. <laughs> Sits there and watches all of his companions float around and talk to him in his head. That's true. <laughs> so, so this was just the, 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 the perfect oh, well, that amount. makes a bit of five doctors. Oh yeah, <laughs> five-ish doctors. Yeah, yeah. I was okay with it, you know, but it, it felt well, honestly what that oh, moment quit, did. Quit, no, no, quit nitpicking. Get nitpicking. out of here. What, what else is what, wrong? What, with what this that story? moment did was actually made me really grateful to see Clara and Capaldi. Because I, Agreed, I'm ready because for her she, to be a companion in her own right. Because I'm tired of all these people. I, I would on her. I would agree. Oh, I, I totally agree. And her. and that's the other thing that was okay with me with the Amy moment. And she didn't have to say anything except for my raggedy man. Good night. That was the, the, just the perfect amount of words. And that's my other thing is they're, they're not leaving. I mean, he, it's it's the Clara Doctor thing. He's still going to remember it well. Right. Although I think we're going to get the post regenerative madness, I think we're going to get that again. Going to get some amnesia. I think we're getting the. I think we're getting going to get Moffat's take on how Six had a real tough time. Yeah. I don't think he's going to strangle Clara, but um, I, I don't, was just it, having was a real tough time. Part of me hoped that he was going to. I just I love the people would be like, <laughs> "Darn you, Capaldi!" I'm sorry. As as emotional as this was, and as how tingly I got over everything this about Matt leaving, and how wonderfully it was painted, and how I cried, and I thought it was wonderful. The best line in the entire uh, story is just one question. <laughs> You're not a virus. <laughs> the best it was like the it was like the cherry on the top of the sunday <laughs> and, i wondered how much I stopped, you would gush about this 30 and seconds. i stopped oh, wow. and i went the second time i watched it, i've got to wait eight months for <laughs> the second time i watched it i stopped and this is how long he was going to be on screen this isn't true this isn't true i said i haven't watched it again i have watched the peter capaldi scene seven times <laughs> <since>. <laughs> Because I love I boot, it I boot, so I booted much. up just, just the end, just the regenerate the bit in the TARDIS after we got done at, uh, with Friday Night Who, 
we 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 went back and rewatched it because I was like, I didn't get enough Capaldi in Fires of Pompeii. I got to go back and watch. <laughs> I forgot how much he's not in that one. Yeah, yeah. but um, it's true. So I'm assuming you cried, or there were tears at least. I did not. You did not. I didn't cry. Wow. Did Mel? No. Mel honestly kind of comes down on the same side as me. She 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 liked the episode. She liked the regeneration. That's why he had so many problems with the story. He wasn't emotionally he wanted, invested he enough. He wanted to cry and he didn't. Yeah, he's probably. bitter because he didn't cry. I, I, I think he just didn't. I didn't cry when Amy left. Either, into, uh, I, 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 you didn't cry when Amy I left. Honestly, I cried harder when Amy and Rory left. You cold hearted. What? Yeah. <laughs> okay. I didn't Here. cry harder, but I teared up what? a little bit. I think. Listen. Okay. <laughs> you. <laughs> and I fully expected to cry even harder well, at Well, his this. companions left. I mean, that okay. was his first The reason... <laughs> okay, Amy and Rory leave. Bam. The show takes a sharp turn after that. Yes. The show that I initially fell in love with is not the same anymore. And Keith was one of the harshest critics of season 7B. <laughs> uh, Go back and listen. I liked... Go back and listen. The console changed. All of <laughs> I think your season seven B has been a slow transition to him leaving. Yeah, that's that what it is. Yeah. is. That's true. It's, that's why they've been preparing you. Since the, the impact <laughs> of his his regeneration wasn't as bad, and the fact that Amy and Rory, oh, they kind of survived. We don't know how it's going to happen, and then you get the gut punch. There was no gut punch here. I don't think. Yeah, the the way it was prepared. The well, that, yeah, the that, that's just it. And that's so what the way made me cry harder was. at the Amy and Rory was the gut punch. Because and then Amy's even, struggling to have to choose. Even leading up to the doctor dying, 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 he, when he, we thought, when, they, as, when we've laid Chrissy out, said, we it, knew it, he's going to regenerate. Yeah. We were introduced to <laughs> the 12th doctor three months, or the actor that's going to play the 12th doctor three months ago, and then a and month ago, we actually saw him. So we knew it was going to happen. We just and, didn't know how Moffat was going to do it. And as Chrissy actually, I did all along, out, I've been saying the Time Lords are going to give him 12 more t- Chrissy pointed out brilliantly that the story also prepared you for his departure. Yeah, it did. It did. More so than. In the time ever did, I think. Yeah, no. In the time was more of that gut punch. It was one of those things that I thought that I would be sad and teary throughout the episode more. I just expected to be that way. And it wasn't until yeah. the, 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 just the, really the speech, when the speech started, was when I was just... Was I, I, I started oh, getting my, uh, something in my eye <laughs> um, once he gets up to the roof. I did a little bit, and but then it was more the tears of the, didn't actually start falling until I saw him young again. It was a little. Bit I'd of almost the, accepted the fact of okay, I'm not going to see young Matt Smith again in this story. Yeah, and then and, you did. Yeah, I got that was the gun punch. And, well, that was the genius way I, this was was structured because we uh, to, to to give us the entire episode leading. I mean, like I said, you, you look at end of time, and within a time, you know that David Tennant's going to regenerate. We knew that was going to happen. Right. A but third you of the way through the whole, this, you say goodbye to the face you're familiar that's with. That's just yeah. it. You, you spend the whole episode of The End of Time waiting to find out how he's going to get out of this. Right, right. Even though you know it's going to happen. It's right. inevitable. You know this is going to happen. And he cheats death and gets out of it. Constantly. And then you get the... Constantly. And then you get the... The, the four knocks. The four knocks. Yeah. And that's the... Oh, crap. And so then it's all set back up. And then you're on, you're, you're, you're strapped in for the ride at that point. Right. You can't get off. This one is almost the reverse. It's you know what's going to happen, 
And here's this and long, slow well, progression of dying. And the doctor knows, too, as soon as she tells him the name of the planet. It's Trenzalore. Oh. Yeah. Okay. He's resigned himself to that he, point it, also. It, it's, it's done. And so you get this wonderful him coming to terms with it, him coming to accept it, and you're right there with him. And then the reprieve is the reverse of the gut punch. It's the he did get out of it, where you didn't, even though we knew, <laughs> you know, but you had the reverse reaction to it. And I was the same way. I, I, you know, seeing him old and how wonderful Matt Smith plays old. But he's always when, played old. He just didn't have the makeup. Yeah, to but sell it. But, but to have that, and then to get back in the TARDIS and the. You know, that was close to an old floor. I, I the thought, last meal of fish I, fingers. And I, I thought, thought he changed. So I, did I. I thought the they, boots okay, come up the stairs, and I'm like, we're going to get the first look at the new yeah, outfit. I thought the same thing. You know? And it was Matt Smith. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> it's still you. <laughs> I think Sarah and I both said, oh, bleep. <laughs> <laughs> you thought you were off the hook. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, and that's the thing, is we didn't get the big glowy hand when he actually regenerated, we, because we, we, he we, spent we, all of that. Yeah, we got a four-second tilt back, come back up, and I, that was the most shocking thing to me. How? Is he went, and I went, there he is. <laughs> and, and it wasn't until later that I realized, well, he oh. ex, he ex, expelled all of that defeating the Daleks, yeah. that it makes sense. That yeah, it does. All yeah, that energy is gone. Really it, it totally worked. And um, I, I tell you, the first point that I got a little... Teary, but it was more tears of like excitement in in the moment. Was when the crack opens up and the yeah. the the glow comes oh, out of yeah. it, and you I have that, that moment of wow. Clara just convinced the Time Lords <laughs> to do something they've never done before <laughs> or been told to do, and they did it. And then you dispelling the energy in order to to take out the to. to the, for the last battle was just I was just, that was one of those like goose pimples and just a little bit of misty eyes and like punch in the air you know and just wow oh, I'm sorry <laughs> speaking of lots of good moments lots of lots and lots and lots of really good moments I did not expect the crack when no. it showed up no totally um, oh okay I I felt when the I one closed went, I fully went into this expect well even the first crack. Oh, no, yeah, 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 yeah. I fully went into this not expecting to get an explanation of why the TARDIS exploded. Well, I think I sort of, I think I knew that we would get the TARDIS explanation. I knew we'd get the TARDIS explanation because Moffat said months ago in an interview when he was writing this that he was going to tie up all the loose ends, which I'm thoroughly believe he did. Maybe not in the way that everybody wanted. What happened to the did. ducks? They <laughs> <laughs> the crack. Here's the thing is, I really thought it was going to be how many of them were. Well, Kavarkin went off and made her own faction. Well, Kavarkin's the reason why the TARDIS blew it. I thought yes. it was just going to be just the dialogue was going to explain it. When he discovers the crack... That was one of those things that took me back because that was one of those moments. That of, was such oh, a pleasant I'm surprise. Now. Yeah. yeah, it was such a pleasant surprise. That was an oh crap moment. Mm -hmm. And I almost wondered if more of it would be less explanation and more showing me, but they, they didn't really have, but they didn't have to. Well, and then he, it, it, and he as, sets by the crack. Though, as, 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 as soon as he sees the crack, it. he makes the comment about it's like something coming through the skin of the universe. And I looked at Mel and went, Go! <laughs> I did. I was all, and then he, the time lord's coming back, and I was like, "Oh, didn't see that coming." This I soon. don't know if I 
I, I think I like the idea that it was the War Doctor in Room 11 more than the crack. While it does make sense that what would this regener- what would any regeneration of a Doctor fear the most? How he would turn into the next. The, and the crack is how he's going to turn into the next. Yeah, so it, yeah, yeah. It works okay. in hindsight, I I but I still kind of feel like, I got to go War Doctor because also in hindsight, knowing that he's the last one and there is no regeneration, there is no next. Well, that makes the so, crack more impactful in the room is, oh, that's truly the end. I would agree. More the, the, the crack is what <laughs> made him the, other way. the next doctor, but the crack was also the symbol of his death. At that point, he doesn't think he's he going to have know anymore. that. But well, he, he still hasn't he says, answered that. He says when he sees the crack in the basement the first time, "Oh, of course." Mm-hmm. He 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 knew that this was an issue right. that was going to come back to bite him, and likely and knowing that he's out of regenerations. Uh, there's a good chance it could end his well, death. Isn't oh, of course, what he says when he opens the door? It, does, it, it is. Says, oh, it's you. Oh, it's, oh, it's you. you. Yeah. Which that to me is a person, not a thing. Well, Sorry. I, I also love no, how the, the way I, that the doctor addresses things. He's addressed in inanimate objects as, as you, often. female, you know, woman, sexy. <laughs> <laughs> I also <Handles>. love handles. <laughs> It took me halfway through the episode to understand what I thought it was Andals. Yeah, me and then too. It was, then I realized, oh, it's Handles. Was was this death scene? Then I'm like, oh, I get the name now. <laughs> kind of took me out of the death scene a little bit. But I also love how the idea that these out of regeneration also kind of fixes let's kill Hitler for me a little bit too. That's why River had to give her. Give him regeneration. Yeah. That's why he couldn't fight off the poison. Right. right. That's exactly right. Because he's out. I think that's one thing. Why one reason why I've always been kind of mad. Let's go, Hitler. It, it doesn't fix the uh, scene in uh, the double possible astronaut where he starts double tap. To, <laughs> oh, he starts to regenerate. I can exp- I, I can fix that in my except head. except for the fact that he's trying to convince people that he's dead. And people that think yes. he can regenerate because don't know that he's at the end will see that happen and then see him fall and know that he's dead. So because he's in the that's the way I'm fixing it. Because around. he's in the test. Well, obviously, yeah, yeah, he could control that, but, but I, I don't understand. I mean, I'm, I'm not. I, I don't have a problem with the fact that he does do it, but it doesn't fix the fact that he was the end. You know, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Because if he was the very last thing, he wouldn't have done that. But if he's doing that for the sake of other people that don't know that it's the last, the entire they're going to think, okay, he's regenerating. Boom, he's doubled. He's been double tapped, so now he's dead, dead. Yeah, which and the entire right. thing by the lake was a show to begin with. It, it certainly was. Yeah. So concocted by <laughs> concocted by the doctor, <laughs> and only let in on by River Song because of necessity. <laughs> <laughs> They have an interesting relationship. <laughs> I love their relationship. You screwed this up. Oh, let's talk a little bit about Tasha because because I, uh, I I do kind of agree with Brenda that it did feel like I thought it felt uncomfortable, but I never went to the fact that he felt like he was cheating on her because number one I got the impression that this was long after her that well here's the thing number one first this is what fixes in my mind the doctor probably would not have gone sexual I think that was a game he was playing. 
knowing that that's what she was looking for so that he could get the information that he needed. Agreed. So yes. I think he was playing. But even him playing almost seems like cheating. But again, to me, because the doctor has this unique timeline and relationship, even though he has he's met Riversong when she died, but has then since had a relationship with her in his time stream sort of backwards or in reverse ultimately the what fixes it is name of the doctor is where she shows up for the last time even though for it's him. yeah for him and he talks about i see you all the time so he has accepted the fact that she's dead and gone and so at that point that kind of concretes the, the widow status of the doctor Yes. Because even before that, because we were, he was getting chances to be with her and meet her, and, and then ultimately marrying her. Because the timeline is in this out of sequence thing, the 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 final, and that's why I didn't expect River Song to be in this or to be yeah. anywhere beyond this as well. Because I think that was the closure that that's the widow status now of eleven, is that. He's the, the grieving widow, and then that kind of excuses him to be able to be played widower, for, right? full widower. Yeah, the widower status, and that that allows him to be to, to move on and, okay and remarry that. or find a see, new girlfriend or whatever. So that was okay by see, I, me. I, I think, but I, I will admit I was a little uncomfortable. But I that's how I in my mind I, I went. That's certainly I, I could see where Brenda's saying it in the way that. It feels like it's cheating from the viewer's point of view because Tasha is written very River-esque. Yeah, well, yeah. And, and that's one thing I didn't quite like about Tasha well, that's was true. that she was very written River-esque, and I wish she would have done something a different char- a different type of character. Yeah, I don't know. I just I thought she was uh, very flirting. I didn't think she was as... That no worse than Gran. <laughs> yeah, perhaps, perhaps. I don't know. She just seemed like, uh, I don't know. And that's the reason I can't accept her as Amy. <laughs> I, I read this, and I, I still keep forgetting to verify it. The woman that played Gran, apparently, and have, I need to qualify this. See, you told me that. Apparently, and I, did you look it up? No, but now rewatching it, I don't, I don't see it. Apparently, it's the same actress that played the woman on um, Vengeance on Varos. The one that's watching the monitor with the oh, I think I'd read that somewhere too, and I, I haven't I haven't qualified her, or but that's kind of neat if it is that the, the actress was brought that back. She came back. Um, there's one final thing wrong with it. I'm sorry, Dorian needed to be there. Yeah, I kind of uh, wished he was there too. for for setting the prophecy up and being as not just cool. But as an integral piece of Maybe the things to Simon come. Maybe Fisher Becker was busy, and that's why they that's had the sub in television. That's why Handel showed up. I wondered if that wasn't it. He's carrying around this head, talking to it. I'll bet anything it was supposed to have been Simon. But I didn't. Have, I, you know, it, it, it's sad that I didn't because I love Simon I, I, Fisher Becker. I, 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 I love the character. While Dorian, watching it, oh, but I did nice I didn't. Miss as it. soon as he said oh, Doctor Who, the crack said Doctor Who. I thought. Oh, I wish Simon was in this. I, I think, I think, and, and then I went back right into the story. There's a part of me that thinks River probably should have been in it, but I agree with we, we've had our send off. We're done mm-hmm. with her. But for, for me, Dorian needed to be there and for the way this this played out. Part but, of me feels like Rory should have been there because we did get a goodbye with Amy. Nah. We got the goodbye with River. 
we did not get a goodbye with Rory. No, that's what makes Rory so tragic. Is that well, he's just, he's just a tragic character in general. Yes, uh, Sheila Reed is the same actress who played Venge- in Vengeance on Barrows. Yeah, very cool. So, All right, let's wrap up here so we don't get too long-winded. Uh, um, any final thoughts on too late. Mm, I t- Time of the Doctor? <laughs> I Bring know, on Capaldi! I don't know if yes. this... I don't know if it's par- partially my... Not wanting to so far, Capaldi's my second favorite Doctor. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, I don't know if part of me is not wanting to accept Matt in this last console, but I don't know. Capaldi's face just fits better in the atmosphere of the console room. Yes, I agree. It kind of makes me wonder if we they, they designed because it they, they they said, and I read somewhere when I, they were talking about what we know of Capaldi so far. I was reading an article. Moffat said. Capaldi was the only one auditioned because they knew long ahead of time that that was who they were going to cast. And so by introducing that, I wonder if that was a that was him already preparing the way for Capaldi in a way as well. Because you're, you're right, Keith, I thought the same thing, that when Capaldi was in there, it was almost like he was already in his element. This was already his TARDIS. It was so natural yeah. to see him in that TARDIS console. Does and it, it always kind of, maybe just because I loved the Matt's or Eleven's console so much... It just always felt alien to me to have Eleven in there. In the new one. In the new one, yeah. Mm. Despite the costume change, which I love the new costume. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. Which I think Capaldi looks fantastic without the bow tie. Well, you can't. You had to retire the bow tie. That was was a heartbreaking wonderful moment. It wasn't even heartbreak. It was more of a... Yes. It was more of a perfect moment. It was like, yes, thank you, retire that bow tie. That is fantastic. It's now securely Matt's. No one. Well, mm-hmm. obviously, others have worn it. Well, no, but this, this but just, yeah, this, yeah. I don't. I don't think we'll touch it for a very long time. No, no. I don't see Capaldi wearing maybe a another ten or incarnations. <laughs> maybe a Stetson. No, I could see him in a Stetson. I, I, I think it'd be. I, I hope. I want to see him in his Muc- Malcolm Tucker suit from. Uh, <laughs> <think of it. laughs> I, I, I I hope. D- d- despite the fact that it was most definitely a lot of Dr. Matt Smith thing, we- we've joked about the doctor's hat fetish. That it seems like he's, <laughs> you he's see always the article on BuzzFeed of defining Doctor Who by the hats. <laughs> but I, I, I kind of hope that continues. That maybe not with Fez's. That mm-hmm. the Fez is going to be the eleventh Doctor's, you know, mm-hmm. thing of choice. But I would li- I'd like to see Capaldi occasionally don something, and maybe you know. Maybe a big old wide well, brimmed you know, hat will be part of his repertoire. I don't know. Eight never did. Nine never did. Ten only did occasionally. Yeah. But um, hat. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, six never did either, though. Six never did. Although it seems despite, like we, despite seems the BuzzFeed like article d- says it says three never did, but that's not true. Three did wear a hat at yeah. one point. Maybe that's who it was that Fedora. I was thinking that. Yeah, that's what it was. Because he tries it on. That's what it was. Because we know. there was one that we ticked off and went, "Oh yeah, there tick." There's one for a doctor we hadn't thought of. So yeah, he doesn't wear. I think it's only the once he's worn it. But. I was thinking it was six, but no, he didn't even wear when he had the, tra- the blue traveling coat cloak. He didn't wear one then either. Yeah, so six never had a hat. I don't know. A, a discussion best left for the Doctor's wardrobe episode. <laughs> we'll <laughs> eventually get there. We'll, we'll eventually get there. The 
I'm, I'm really, really I, okay, goodbye, man. I'm very sorry. Capaldi's coming. And it was so awesome. Just the I'm pop- glad I have an eight-month mourning period. <laughs> well, you know, there, there's, there's, a, 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 there's already a thing uh, that I've seen online on Facebook, and it's Capaldi on the console, and he's, he's pushing buttons. And the, the caption is something to the effect of, I want you to look very closely at this and realize that you are witnessing the fulfillment of a childhood dream. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. That from age six... Many of you have seen the... the the, the, the newspaper yeah. clipping? The, news, the, the newspaper clipping. It's a Doctor Who magazine clipping. He, he, he wrote a, he wrote a maybe, No, it was Radio Times. Radio yeah. Times. But just the, 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 he, he has... The, the Doctor Who is the show that made him want to become an actor. The Doctor Who... Uh, he wanted to play the Doctor. And want to know if there was a fan club. And want to know if there was a fan club. <laughs> but now he is. Mm-hmm. And, and so seeing him mm-hmm. on the console is just... The, that's... You know, and being fifty some years old, fifty five, yeah, having watched it since he was six, and probably assuming he would never get the chance because he reached a certain age, he is probably the furthest back, like remembering not not, not Hartnell necessarily, but uh, uh, Troughton and uh, and Pertwee being his doctors. So, has David ever said that's why he became an actor? Ten? I've never seen. Yeah, I've never uh, seen my ten. I've never ten seen became an actor. And he was, a, but, he but was he was a he was a fan too. He was a huge fan, as yeah. was Peter Davison. As so. was Peter Davison. So, but just um, and this I, is potentially the, the longest yes. Doctor Who fan to now be playing the Doctor. Yeah. Well, and there's I, we we talked once about the fact that he is 55, that he's the same age that William Hartnell was when when the show started, and there's a certain amount of symmetry to that that I really like. The fact that he's now got this whole new set of regenerations <laughs> that we're starting. As Brenda kept saying. <laughs> 12 slash 1. 12 slash yes. 1, you know. Um, I wonder what happened to the Valyard. <laughs> Alternate timeline. He's, he's now so, shoved somewhere, over somewhere, between, somewhere between your 12th and final regeneration. Yeah. Which well, one? <laughs> he's, I guess that's just been put off for the end. Yeah, yeah it's uh, he's not in his final regeneration yet. Moffat will come back he and got write 10 that more. one later. Or 12 more. <laughs> that's true. 12th and final now fixes that. So, so right. there we go. Okay, good. What's on the ship? Wait, wait, wait! My ranking. No, we're not going to rank you up. Are you yes, kidding? you don't get it. Yeah, you don't get another ranking. You got to live through two. What? <laughs> <laughs> no, we I did. We, we have, regenerated. We have a ceremony. You, planned. you, you are harsh, mistress. There. Are you ready? I am ready. Let all souls within the sound of my voice know now. We hereby recognize Keith Miles. Having witnessed and survived the regeneration of his doctor, in this day awarded the official full-fledged rank of Hoovian. Oh, yeah, I gotta do it this way. <laughs> With all the rights and privileges. Ooh, there are rights and privileges? That this fandom implies. Here, here. So say we all. So say we all. It feels great to wear that badge. Welcome to the big leagues. <laughs> What's coming up with the schedule? Well, a slight scheduling change uh, because uh, just I have, by a day, <laughs> I, I have fat fingers and screwed it up. <laughs> I did the thing. Uh, I, I did get it posted. I apologies for the late notice for everyone. Uh, originally, it was written uh, uh, the censorites, which you may have seen online. That has changed. Uh, it's still a first Doctor episode. It's Planet of Giants. Uh, is what I meant to put. We had talked about sense rights. I don't remember something earlier in the day, and that kind of stuck in my head. 
Um, but it's Planet of Giants is what we will be doing for Friday Night Who this week. So back to William Hartnell. And then uh, there's an ebook that's been assigned. So you have some assigned homework for this week. We will be, uh, our show next week, we'll be discussing Planet of Giants and the first ebook, A Big Hand for the Doctor by Owen Koffler. Uh, Koffler? 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 Something like that. Somebody pronounced it for us once, and yeah, I don't it remember. It was, it was Brendan. I, now I've forgotten. Um, and I, I decided what we're going to do is, because we've had such a grand time in this 50th anniversary year of going through doctor by doctor by doctor and having each month be something special, we're just going to keep going with it. So look for throughout 2014, once a month, we're going to pair up uh, 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 the number doctor with that particular Yay. ebook. So you'll get I'm some more. About that. that. That'll be, that'll be our idea. fun thing. That is a good idea. I like that. And then uh, we'll be getting into, following that, we'll be getting into the eSpace trilogy with Tom Baker. Yay! And getting into some of the uh, some more of the Big Finish uh, Fourth Doctor adventures. So you can start listening to those if you would so like to do so. If you haven't read the uh, e-book and you're worried that we put it on for uh, one a, week ahead. It was a little late notice. But. Yeah, and it, it's, don't fear, you can get it online very easily as an e-book. And it's only 40-some pages, so. Yeah, go ahead. Um, also, one other bit of reading for you, or at least uh, that we're going to discuss. Um, it kind of snuck in amidst all the other celebration material. Uh, the last IDW Doctor Who comic rolled off the lines uh, this past week. Uh, written by Paul Cornell. And uh, it's called The Girl Who Loved Doctor Who. It is a wonderful story, because I've already read it. Uh, it is out in retails now, and you should go pick up a copy, because we will be discussing it next week as well. Even though it'll be kind of a First Doctor episode, we're going to conclude our, our, our Matt Smith farewell party. That came out on Christmas Eve. Came out on Christmas Eve. So, that's that. All right. Well, if that's going to do it for this week, until next week, I'm Glenn. I'm Sean. No, I'm Keith. Cheers. Good night, everybody. Be seeing you. May your kidneys be the right color. to Traveling the Vortex. Doctor Who and all of its associated programs are owned and trademarked by the BBC. No infringement is intended or implied.